Hi, I'm Jimmy Navio. We are here with some awesome people. And I just refreshed because I thought it was on my end. A uh, professional. I am a professional. Thank you guys so much for being here. Like I said, we have a couple really special guests. We have Battle Athlete, partnered streamer. Mr. Battle Athlete is here. We're going to talk to him in a few minutes about the whole Steam fiasco. We got our good friend KittyCast here, who, uh, for those of you who've been around for a while, he's the one that introduced me to MXM right before it got shut down. I'm still salty about it, but he's a cool dude. Uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, what he's been doing with Bless Online. Uh, so I'm going to bring him on now, and I'll let them... Uh, kind of introduce themselves maybe ask them a couple questions and then we'll uh jump right into this thing so let's uh bring them on here and make sure everyone's unmuted i think you're muted on your end so there we go hey we're here oh boy this is the first time i've ever had legit like guest guests because i've had mashif on here before i've had you know other people come on but like I've never had you guys on before. It was down to the wire. I think we started a minute late, but we got it all locked in. So I'm excited. So Battle Athlete, why don't you uh, say hi and uh, tell us about yourself. How long have you been partnered? Um, Man, like, I don't know, like four years? <laughs> oh, so you've been you've been yeah, on Twitch for a minute. Long. Yeah, like, uh, I think I started uh, 2014, like, April 4th or something. At first, I thought it was April Fool's because I was like, my stream's a joke. Ha <laughs> But no, <it> was like, <laughs> I actually looked back and I was like, oh, it was actually the 4th. I went live with, like, a webcam and, like, a really bad capture card and an awful flip-on mic that, like, blows out when I talk. Like, the audio is excruciating. I don't know how I got any sort of momentum with that terrible, terrible setup. But then, like, um... I was streaming like full time for like six months, and then just like overnight, you know, it's like uh, I caught a game that just got me a whole lot of like publicity, and like I just blew up like literally overnight. And then uh, even then, I still uh, got declined for partnership like two, three times. But then I finally got like approved like in December of 2014. So that's crazy. I didn't realize yeah, you'd been at it so long. A lot of people think, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, what? <laughs> no, I just said I didn't realize you'd been at it so long. Yeah, man. It was, it's was. it been a long time, man. A lot of people think it's like a snowball effect, but it's more like a steady line and then just like, boop, and it just like goes <laughs> crazy, like, like out of nowhere one day, usually yeah. how it goes. You caught that wave. And yeah. uh, so KittyCast, what about you? How long have you been around the Twitch universe Oh, geez. Well, I haven't probably been streaming seriously for too long. Um, I'm sure my account is really old, maybe like three, four years old. Or I was definitely streaming in college, which was like four years ago. So um, I mostly started, I did a little bit of like Final Fantasy streaming where I got some viewers because we were doing like progression rate content. And then I did like some casual shout casting for Counter Strike and stuff, which got a lot of Steam friend requests, but not as many viewers. Okay. Uh, and then I mostly just stream for fun. But then this MOBA called Master X Master came out, and it was super cool and super fun. And it turns out I was pretty good at it. So uh, after that, I started to get quite a few viewers and. 
I hit like rank one a few times and then my team won all the tournaments and then they shut the game down. And so I was like, well, I like playing this game more than anything else. It's probably the favorite, my favorite game ever is the most fun I've ever had playing game. And so after that, I kind of didn't really know what to stream because I was like, well, uh, I can't stand playing a game for more than like two hours at a time. So I don't want to stream and like swap games and then stream and swap games. It's really like I play a game or two of League and then get annoyed and quit and then go play Fortnite and then die immediately like three times and quit. <laughs> That's me. And then I like just download any random multiplayer game that my friends are like, hey, dude, this is new on Steam. It totally looks great. And then we play that for like a day and quit. So finally... Uh, some of my friends talked to me about Bless back in like December when it was getting released or launched um, on the Japanese servers. And I was really skeptical because I never play games on the foreign servers. And I was like, oh, this is going to be way too much of a hassle to like set up all this stuff. And I have to play it through VPN and you have to beat the Japanese capture boss and uh all this, but then there was like a super easy guide that even I was able to do. Oh, okay. So I started playing that for a while. And that was really fun. And I started playing with my friends, and then uh, I just got selected to be like an emissary for Bless, which is kind of like one of their sponsored streamers. Um, there's a lot of them, and so uh, I'm just going to do my best with my limited time to kind of like have a good stream to represent the game. I really want to be hardcore. I used to be a really casual MMO player, and then I discovered the light of being a hardcore MMO player. And now I don't have time to be a hardcore MMO player. <laughs> so we're going to see how it works out. Yeah, I, that's always been my problem. I've never been able to commit to an MMO because I've just always been... Uh, test, test, I see you. Okay, cool. I just wanted to check. <laughs> <laughs> I see your chat. Okay, um, awesome. Yeah, like I had a bunch of friends play WoW in high school and stuff, and... Uh, I just saw how much time they were committing to it, and I just knew. I was like, if I start playing that, it's going to ruin like everything else in my life. So I kind of had to just yeah. like make that decision because uh, I was already on like a on a semi like I was on a competitive Counter Strike team at the time as well and stuff. So I was just like, nice. I can't I can't do two things at once. And Counter Strike was enough. We we used to go to a few tournaments and stuff, but. Yeah, I, I've always wanted to get into an MMO, and I've dipped my toes in a few of them, but I saw you playing uh, Bless the other day, and it looks like a lot of fun. So I definitely wanted to ask you a few questions about that, because um, I've tried a few recently on my stream. My community knows. like We've been trying to find like a fun MMO to play, um, yeah. and we tried a bunch of the free ones and stuff, and there's always like one thing or another that always just ends up frustrating me about it, and I... And I just quit. <laughs> so I don't know. Like uh, one thing I noticed that I did like about Bless is uh, I noticed the, the one thing I kind of liked about it. And I don't know if it's just the way you had it set up was the limited UI. Like one thing I um, ha one thing I really hate about like when I was playing Terra or when I did try WoW or whatever, like I'd watch videos and these their screens just covered in like hotkeys and buttons and menus too much and information stuff. too and, soon, right? And I'm like, I just want to cast like eight spells like mm -hmm. Diablo style and kill shit with my friends. So I, I noticed like as far as like the spells are concerned, there was just that little skill bar down at the bottom. Yeah. So could you elaborate on that a little bit? So. 
I think, I'm not sure if you're in the minority or if it's just only the people that don't like the UI that complain about it, but I know a lot of the people I like on the Blessed Discord, which is mostly people complaining, um, <laughs> are like, wow, why is the UI so small? Why can't we edit the UI? Why can't we like move stuff around or whatever? But I've always been a person that pretty much played on default UI for like every game. I mean, it was definitely like an effort for me to even download like DPS meters for WoW because I'm like, what is this doing on my screen? This is obnoxious. Yeah. Um, I think they actually made the Bless UI on North America uh, even more minimalist because they reduced the amount of skills that you like have on your skill bar. You're only going to have seven and they changed the way the combat works. They do have like your chain system that pops up next to like the mob you're fighting kind of in the middle of the screen, but it helps make it like apparent to you what you're doing. So I don't think it'll be too bad. So yeah, yeah. the UI is definitely going to be very similar in North America. And I haven't seen them say much about uh, really having it be like any support to make it very crazy or um, even edit it that much. So. I mean, I guess having the option is good, but for me, it always just felt overwhelming. And yeah. uh, I was gonna, I was gonna pull up one of your vods here and kind of jump forward so we okay. can just look at the UI. Um, let me see here. Yeah, I'm gonna switch over to. Let's see how our media view. I, I just changed the overlays, so boom, there we go. Oh, I need to adjust the size of it. Almost perfect. <laughs> uh, let me fix here that. The videos, pretty, uh, pretty nice setup. I'm trying, man. I'm trying to make this legit. I mean, it looks. I think it looks pretty good. Um, we, should, uh, we should just do like a four-person reaction video. Just pull up YouTube videos. <laughs> we'll just watch cat videos and just all go. Oh. So there you go. There's kitty cats. Uh, kitty cat's pretty face there. But see, like I love that. I love that the UIs. You got like obviously your health, and then I'm guessing like what is it? Is the energy of it like mana or what's it? So I'm playing a mage right now. The blue bar is mana, and okay. then above it, you have element. And if you see that ability on the very far left, that costs like one bar of element to do, and it gives you like a different buff based on what element you're doing. So like fire spells give you fire element, ice spells give you ice element, thunder spells, or air spells give you air element. The fire one basically like gives you, it gives your next spell a 50% bonus chance to crit, and then all your crits for like the next like eight seconds or something put a burn stack on them oh okay yeah but i love how it's just one two three four five eq xz and that like it's not you know but the entire bottom half of the screen is just covered in like in statuses and and yeah. hotkeys and shit i remember when i played final fantasy 14 it was like i had every shift key every alt key and like every key on my keyboard were all bound. I had to have at least like 30 to 35 hotkeys and you used all of them in a fight. That's why people have those crazy like MMO mice <laughs> that have like the 20 buttons on the side of them and stuff. The new combat in Bless is gonna be really cool I think. So I don't know if you guys have played Guild Wars 2. It's kind of like Guild Wars 2, but basically um, the UI will be a little bit like that where on the left side you'll have like three abilities and they're gonna be like your starter abilities. And then depending on which one you pick, it like has an ability chain that you can do. So 
Okay. Like, let's say you pick the second ability out of your three starters. Well, then after that, you then have three more options of what next ability you want to cast. And they might all do different stuff. So, like, for example, Mage a lot of times has, like, a chain from one ability where you can, like, go into an AoE or go into, like, single target or go into a crowd control. Okay, so are the chains similar to like uh, I played a little bit of Terra. I know like you can chain, you can create different like chains of abilities. Is it kind of like that, or is it more? Cus- is it? Um, the chains are like hard programmed into the game. Oh, so okay. it's basically like let's say you have like just your basic like fire shot that you use to like kind of regenerate mana, and then you have fireball, and then you have like incinerate or something. Well, if you use Fireball, then you can only ever use, like, Meteor Storm or, like, Fire Explosion or Flame Strike as your next three abilities. And then, depending on which one of those, you can only ever use the ability that comes after that. I see. Okay. That's cool. I could could get behind that. Uh, So, as far as the pay model for this, I think before you said it's... It's a uh, buy to play, so you have to like buy yes. the initial game, and then there is an optional. Um, uh, there's a optional subscription that gives you like an XP buff and a gold buff or something like that. Yeah, so the uh, premium membership is what they're calling it. Gives you a number of different things, and I actually have it up because I was. Uh, I'm trying to compile like a comprehensive FAQ that I can get out a few days before the game goes live, where I have just a bunch of answers to these things from because they have like announcements all over the place and interviews and stuff. So probably going to try and compile it all into one document. But the premium gives you a mount skin and a pet skin, and then uh, a bunch of stuff that's like I guess it's nice, but mostly useless when you actually like play the game so they reduce the NPC equipment repair fee by 30% nobody in the game repairs their equipment at the NPCs because when you in Blast when you repaired an NPC your gear has a chance to do um it has a chance to lose max durability oh really? yeah but if you craft repair hammers and repair it yourself with the repair hammers like it it never loses max durability. So nobody ever repairs it to NPCs. Yeah, why would... That um, doesn't make any sense. Then, like, they reduce the travel cost fee for, like, using their wyverns to go to, like, other zones by 50%. I mean, it's not super expensive anyways. One of the really nice things is that they give you, um, like, these premium tools where normally you have to go buy pickaxes and herb satchels, and every time you gather a resource, it uses one. We can just use these an unlimited amount of times. Oh, okay. So that's pretty nice. Um, the biggie is probably 20% more XP. Uh, yeah. 20% more hunting gold. Like, the mobs don't really drop very much money in Bless. It's not really a game where you get a lot of things by farming mobs. Uh, especially money, unlike BDO where you just go grind for hours and hours and you get a lot of gear and a lot of money. Like that doesn't happen in plus. Um, twenty percent more dungeon points. It's kind of hard to understand what they mean by this because they have like multiple currencies in the game and it's 
it says increase the amount of dungeon points earned through playing dungeons. On Japan, they're called like adventure points, and you also get them from doing um, this like daily monster journal that resets every day, where you go kill like thirty of a mob, and then you get some enhancement materials for your gear, and then you get these uh, adventure points that you can use to buy like enhancement materials or like these RNG boxes that give you different kinds of enhancement materials and stuff like that. So if it means like you get 20% 20% more adventure points overall, it's really good. If it just means from dungeons, it's pretty useless because nobody really gets very many from dungeons. Maybe like 10% of your total adventure points come from dungeons. Okay. Um, you can register more items on the marketplace. You get a reduced tax rate on the marketplace, but you're still probably paying like 20, 25%. It's the same as Japan. Because I think they have like a 30% tax on the auction house. Which is the only way you ever sell anything because there's no trade. So, um, pay a lot so of money based on all of that, it sounds like the subscription is very well worth it. At least, like, if you plan on, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, if you're going to play the game long term, how long do you think it would take without the sub to grind all that stuff out? Like, do you think it's uh, worth it? I think if somebody is, like, already interested in bless they might as well pre-order the 40 dollars counters pack because you get a month of premium for like five dollars off and you get the head start so i think that's like a pretty good deal to me um it's a two-day head start for like anyone buying the founders packs the 20 percent experience is helpful although uh if you really spend time playing the game, it's not going to be as big of a deal because you can tame like any mob, basically any mob in the world you can tame. You just walk up and use taming scrolls and you tame it. Uh, they don't... So in order to support that system, none of the mobs are like unique other than their appearance. They can all just have a chance to get a randomized set of skills. Okay. Uh, like drawn from a pool when you upgrade them. So they and don't have these... unique skills per... Right. Unit. Like, scorpions don't do anything different than cougars, and cougars don't do anything different than wolves. Okay. They just look different. Um, so what, and the main... Is so that... what happens when you tame them? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you yeah. off, but like, what... So when you tame them, what all... Is, what's the... If they don't have different abilities, is it more just the cosmetic aspect of it, or...? No, you can upgrade them, and that's where, like, it becomes a bit of a grind. Because the way you do it is uh, you basically tame hundreds of these pets. And you mass craft the taming scrolls to, like, level up your enchanting anyways. So people just have tons of these taming scrolls, and they go and tame tons of these mobs. Um, There's four different tiers. So you have, like, green, blue, purple, and then orange for legendary. And every time, so they start off with no skills at green. When you upgrade them to blue, they get one skill. And then purple and epic, like, get two skills. And then legendary gets three skills. And the skills themselves also have different rarities. So obviously the best thing would be, like, a legendary with three skills that were all epic. But that's very low chance. Dude, that Uh, sounds like a hell of a grind. (laughs) That sounds like you could spend forever, like, taming pets and upgrading the shit out of them. But the highest... No, you really can because 
I won't get into like the percent chances of it right now, but it's a lot of, it's like thousands of pets tamed in like hours and hours and hours. But one of the things, one of the passive skills that the pets can have is an XP bonus. Okay. And the highest tier of the XP bonus on the pet is 154%. So like 20% from the premium is not going to get you as far when a number of people will probably be walking around with at least like the lowest tier is 40%. Oh, wow. Okay. And then it goes up to like 70 and then the third tier is 154. So a lot of people are going to be getting these experienced pets after they hit 45 because that's when the real XP grind starts. Um, you don't really have much time to spend on your like RNG praying fest that you'll get a pet with uh, an XP passive while you're leveling. Because one... You don't have many taming scrolls, and you can't buy them from vendors. And as far as I know, you can't buy them from the cash shop. So you have to rely on players to craft them. And nobody's really going to be crafting at the beginning of the game. So most people are just going to rush to 45 and then probably tame some pets and then get XP bonus. And once you have people with 70, 150% XP bonuses, they're not going to be... The 20% is, like, nice, but you're not like, oh, wow, I really have to get premium for the 20%. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, wow, that you've given us a lot of information, uh, and I, I'm glad we have it all in one spot. I'm going to go back and watch that, like, twice, <laughs> so I can, like, make sense of everything that uh, you've explained. But uh, the whole pet thing sounds really interesting. That That definitely is appealing, because, you know, that's always the worry is, like, the... Like what? Eventually, what am I gonna do? Like what? What else is yeah. there to? What can I grind? What can I work on? Now I notice here the the last question I'm gonna ask, and then we're gonna move on to uh, some other stuff. But it says field mm-hmm. PvP. So is there also gonna be like arena? So like for example, in Guild Wars, they gave you the option of like just getting like a maxed out level character and just building like choosing your loadout and going straight into like arena pvp is there going to be anything like that in this or is it just going to be within the uh the mmo world like is there going to be a separate like pvp mode or arena type mode like in guild wars or anything so one thing that a lot of people are really divided on is they don't have equalized pvp okay uh, your gear always follows you into pvp and okay. your level and your skill builds so you can have more skills and more stats and more gear than the other people you're fighting against um, but they do have they have open world and instance pvp so they have uh like one open world zone where they have world bosses that spawn that is open pvp for both factions and like every zone after level 35 is open world pvp and they also have a 3v3 arena and 100 v 100 that uh, they have like a daily to do and it's open like three times a day. Um, it's mostly like a Zerg fest. And when I was on Japan, my site always lost. So okay. I stopped. <laughs> cool. But, yeah, you know, you know who I was thinking James would probably love this if it's all open world PvP, so he can go Ooh. crush noobs, uh, shady hobos. Oh yeah, definitely. That's all. Yeah. That that's the only reason he plays Rune RuneScape is so he can just farm farm crazy high levels and smash noobs all over the place. Yeah. So I do want to point out Zubay watches my stream sometimes. Um, he said one v one and fifteen v fifteen as well. I know they added fifteen v fifteen in Japan. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be there 
when early access launches, but I know that they are definitely going to add it like as soon as possible. And there is dueling, so you can duel people. Okay. Um, so yeah, they have a lot of PvP options. That is crazy. I might, I might give this game a try. I don't know. You, you, I think you may have convinced me. I, I really want to find an MMO that I enjoy, uh, and that I can just jump into every once in a while. And I like that the, it's, like you said, buy to play, optional subscription. So like, I don't, I don't fit. That was one of my things. Like monthly MMOs, I feel like it's a waste of money if I don't have time to play it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm paying 15 bucks a month, and I only played it two hours last month. Like that always kind of. D- deterred me from a lot like i think that's the main reason i never played wow because i knew if i paid for it i'd want to play it all the time to get my money's worth yeah. you know so i'm glad that i like th- i like the pay model a lot um thank you so much for all that information i'm sure you could give us like two more hours worth of info on oh, it yeah, there's a ton um i do want to move on to some other stuff so everyone here make sure you go follow uh kitty cast He's playing this game right now. I'm sure if you have any questions, he's really good about answering questions during his stream. That's how I met him, actually. He was playing a card game. You were playing, like, right. Eternal or something. and uh, yeah, I played so many card games. And uh, like every card game. it, I was, like, really interested in getting into it and stuff, and I was looking for people, like, that were streaming it that didn't have hundreds of viewers so that I could try and, like, ask some questions and stuff. And I came into KittyCast stream. Uh, and he was super nice, answered all my questions and stuff. Obviously, he's very knowledgeable about the games he plays. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you go check him out. Uh, Bless looks like a lot of fun. It's fun to watch. And he'll no no doubt answer your questions for you. And uh, he, he's an official emissary for this game. So the more people he gets interested, he's just doing his job. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. But, uh... I want to move on to the reason Battle Athlete is here, the reason I invited him. I'm going to let him kind of explain from his point of view what's going on, and uh, and then we'll open up a discussion about it. Uh, Steam has made some decisions lately that have caused some rifts, and some people are uh, not happy about it, and some other people... Yeah, Kind of an interesting subject. You it know. is. Oh, uh, by the way, um, I don't know if we ever introduced James. <laughs> He's my no. co-host. We don't talk about <laughs> him. He just sits there and looks pretty. No. Uh, yeah, James, it was. It was like battle athlete, kitty cast, you know and it was like. No, that's man. actually that's actually a perfect segue for what I act. Let's do something right now. Speaking of James, this is what's about to happen. Oh no. Uh, I think James knows what's about to happen. I've only I've only told like two people about this. You're making me oh, nervous. Okay, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, James and I, to promote this podcast that we're trying to get off the ground, to promote my Twitch channel, and to promote his YouTube channel, which a lot of people don't know, James has like a fairly successful YouTube channel. He's got eighty thousand uh, subs, uh, and uh, he makes he gets he makes content videos and reviews and all kinds of stuff. So, trying to trying to help each other out, we're doing a giveaway and it's already live post the link go sign up for the giveaway <laughs> oh a gift card giveaway we're giving a amazon 50 dollar gift card a steam 50 dollar gift card and Ooh, a nice. third place wins a 10 dollar or less uh game of your choice from steam so all you gotta do is follow me follow james 
check out my Discord, sub him on YouTube, check out our Twitters, <laughs> refer some friends. If and you uh, if you see somebody that wins and their name is Buttle Athlete, that's not me. That's some other guy. <laughs> Buttle Athlete. <laughs> I don't know who that is. No relation whatsoever. Um, but if he does win, you know, you could just send it to me. I did update the giveaway command uh, in chat as well. If you forget the link, you can do the giveaway command. Tell all your tell uh, hide your kids, hide your wives, all that good stuff. Um, if you win first place, you get the choice. Actually, if you'd rather have the Amazon or the Steam gift card. Because wow. some people, you know, don't care for Amazon. They just want games. So you get your choice of Amazon or Steam. Second place gets whatever. By the way, you could buy a $50 Steam gift card on Amazon. So <laughs> it, it really doesn't make much of a difference. Amazon, I yeah, feel I like, has more purchasing power. But it's up to you. So that is what I was really excited to tell you guys. So now it's official. Yeah, man. That's really cool, dude. <laughs> um yeah. We should have started with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, by the way, man, I've been wanting to tell you the entire time, man. Uh, can I check out your shirt? Oh, this is my. I wore this because Kitty Cast Ooh. is here. It's my kitty shirt. Right. Space Cats. I approve. That shirt's awesome. <laughs> um, I don't have any battle shirts or athletic wear, so I couldn't rep battle athlete with clothing. But I could bet I could rep Kitty Cast. I wear my own so. shirt, but we've had conversations where it's like, is it egotistical to wear your own merch? Oh, I do yeah. all the time, dude. Or- Sell that shit. <laughs> Me too. I pimp my own merch all the time. Yeah, I've man, had like two people ever buy shirts from me, but I'll still pimp that shit. Yeah, I, you know, uh, this is kind of off subject, but like a friend of mine uh, that, that's a, a YouTuber came to visit, uh, had a housewarming party, and he drove in for the party, and it was our first time actually meeting. And he had uh, he had his own merch on, and I was just giving crap like the whole night. It's like, oh, you're gonna wear your own T-shirt, huh? You're gonna wear your, your own shirt like all night. You're gonna wear your own merch. <laughs> Look, streaming is a hustle, and the markup on T-shirts is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I can see yeah, it. No, man, I'd do it too. I'm actually wearing a I'm actually wearing a Whitwick shirt right now. But... Yeah, it's all it's uh... you gotta you gotta do a little bit of it. I think I think when anyone starts streaming, they always feel like a bit of an asshole at first, but then you just kind of learn that that's just part of the game. And I, I, I feel like, like I feel like Twitch people are a lot less obvious and like blatant and egregious about it than YouTubers. YouTubers are just wow. straight up like smash that like button and blah 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 blah, blah, blah <laughs> and it's just like, all right, dude, we get it. Like, don't merch is in joint. the description. You gotta crush it. You gotta you gotta pulverize that uh, subscribe button. Give it a yeah, I kind of noticed. I kind of noticed like the opposite, like with streamer. I think when a lot of people first start, they start out with a really positive out- attitude, and they kind of overlook like a lot of the things where they're not as egregious with how they like sell themselves or sell their merch. Yeah. Uh, but then, like down the line, uh, a lot of times they uh, like they'll get a little bit more humbled, and they're like, "Oh man, you know." Like I look back to like me like four years ago, and I was kind of like, Ugh. you know, I like kind of cringe where it's like. You, know, you kind of sell yourself a little too hard. You're like, Just back, man. You're not, you're not who you think you are. Just chill. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, what's up, man? It's me, Logan Paul, selling shirts. What's what's going on? It's like, no, dude, stop, stop, <laughs> don't. Yeah, I think the line has gotten a lot smaller though after they added Twitch Prime. Mm-hmm. It's oh like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, because better. like they're so directly involved with Amazon as well. I totally agree with you. Yeah. So anyway, let's go back to our other view for a minute. 
I want to see your pretty faces. Um, so, Battle Athlete, why don't you start us off on this discussion? Oh, man, the Steam the steam thing? Oh, man. All right, so I guess I'll um, start from the beginning for people that don't know. So what happened is that there's a lot of um, quote-unquote adult content games on Steam, and uh, a lot of devs, like a lot of people know that game Honey Pop, where it's like a really good game where it's kind of like Candy Crush, but, you know, there's a bit more strategy, and it involves you like, it's kind of like part visual novel, part Candy Crush, where you kind of like... Um, your goal is to get like nudes from the ladies and sleep with the ladies via puzzle game. Well, the Honey Pop dev got like an email from Steam and a few other uh, devs as well, like Nekapara and a bunch of them. And they were saying that they had to either change their games to make it appropriate for the Steam terms of service, which I guess they were saying there was too much adult content or they were going to be removed from the game. So there's like a lot of backlash and. A lot of people are getting really mad, including me, because I was like, this is crap, because it's kind of a double standard. And I've, I've actually had, like, long conversations about this, but, like, you can play a game like Witcher 3, and Witcher 3 has you where you can, like, sleep with prostitutes, um, and they show everything. Or there's uh, Grand Theft Auto 5, where you can get a lap dance or order a prostitute, and then even afterwards, like, kill them and take your money back. But then you have Honey Pop, and it's like, oh no, uh, there's a picture of an anime titty. It's like, oh no, get that, get off the, get it out of here. It's too much. It's like, oh, think of the children. It's like, what? It's like even consensual, and it's not even like shown. It's like implied, where like you you get the picture, and it'll be like a boob, at least on the Steam version. I mean, there's an uncensored one, and that's something else, but it's like, then uh, like it's just implied. Like you hear audio, there's like a boob or something. And they're trying to say that's not appropriate. Then there's also games like uh, Conan Conan's Exile, where they just like have dudes with huge swinging dongs just all over. <laughs> it's like not even not even so like there's dong swinging physics in Conan Exile. I've never before seen that in a game before, and that's totally like that's cool. Not only to buy on Steam, but to to stream. But I feel like you know that's like Twitch's decision and. You know, well, whatever, and that's kind of complicated. Not even talking about sexual content, just talking about sheer violence. Like some of this, like there's some straight up, just like gnarly, like the postal games, or like you know, there, there's some seriously gnarly graphic violence too. And it's just like, nah, that's cool. Yeah, I, like I think they tried to have some backlash, uh, backlash with hatred, you know, which is that point you were trying to make. But I think that was more of a. I don't know. I feel like that was just like because it got so much attention because of the killing was like a, like a shooting and it was like I don't know. It's you know what made me cringe like crazy was just some of the deaths in uh, uh, what which one was it? Some of the death sequences in some of the latest Tomb Raider games. Oh yeah, were crazy yeah. like super gnarly, like even hard to watch. Like I remember uh, Conan, uh, you know the late night host Conan. He did like a. As one of his segments where he plays oh, Clueless games. Gamer? Clueless Gamer. He did one with the Tomb Raider game, and like everyone, like he, he would die, and everyone was like, holy shit, like the deaths were so realistic in that game. Yeah, I think it also is, it makes you wince a little bit more just because it's like, you know, it's, it's Lara Croft. She's like, you know, a woman. It's not like it's Mortal Kombat where it's like, you know, jacked up Scorpion or Luke Kang or whatever, and it's like yeah. just men killing it. It could just, be something to like, that. Oh. 
yeah it's like super super graphic then again you could also do the fatalities to jazz uh was it jesse or jackie cage or whatever the yeah the daughter yeah and like you could do those to her and like that always makes you go oh god it's so much worse you're like well leave her alone you know it's it, it, i don't know I so think it, it, um yeah. i heard that was it i i thought i read somewhere that steam uh steam's uh original contact with honey pop was like someone said it was like they came out and said oh we didn't mean like that honey pop wasn't say it was a mistake yeah is what it was and it was i don't know like i can kind of speculate it but apparently what happened is that there is a uh like a social justice warrior type group for women i forget the name of it maybe somebody else in the cast knows the name i forgot what it was i think i know what you're talking about do, do you remember what the do you remember what the name was james i f- i forget their name but didn't they say like that they took credit for it like they took credit for this happening because i remember yeah, watching they were, like celebrating it yesterday yeah they were, well they were celebrating it and, and that's what made people think that maybe it wasn't steam's fault what people are saying is that this group mass flagged a bunch of adult games on steam without them knowing anything about it so they just like mass flagged like a bunch of visual novels like nekopara uh honey pop um and a bunch of them and that's and then it was like an automated email to all these devs but to me i like i just don't fucking believe it like i don't know how many people are in that particular group that they would have mass flagged to the point that all of those games would have just been automatically flagged and emailed to the devs to say to remove it because i mean those are pretty big titles and the idea that they wouldn't be trolled by a bunch of like report like random reports with no substance and it would trigger an email just seems like implausible but to me it seems more like they sent an email out and then they were like, ah, you know, we should turn back. Because what I heard was that the guy that's in control of that stuff was a new guy. They hired, like, somebody new to be in charge of Valve's, um, like, I forgot the name of the position. But he, he had just got it. And I think he was trying to... maybe? Yeah. Or just, like, tried to clean up or do something to show that he was... I don't know. Like, I'm just speculating, you know? I'm just kind of making up stories. I'm like fan fiction about how Valve got Honey Pop. <laughs> off the team, you know, it's like, I don't know. So, but, uh, I, I think sketchy. for me, it it's kind of indicative of a bigger problem, and that is just Steam not having very good, like, filters and control of their own ecosystem. Because, like, mm-hmm. a shitty age verification, I don't think, is the right answer. I think uh, one one guy. I think what he what he recommended. He said all, all they have to do is like you go into the settings, and you know inside the settings you have there are some parental controls, but they should just have one thing where you can go in and do something like a legitimate age verification one time, and then you flip a switch saying allow adult content, and then it's just an another category. Because when you go to steampower.com, right, you have those categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you the games, like you drop down and there's games, there's action adventure, casual indie. They should just have one right there that just says mature, and it doesn't show up at all unless you verified your age. Then people who actually want all that content will see it, and those who don't won't have to deal with like sifting through it or age verifications or whatever like they need to just make a way that 
adults can play mature games without having to deal with all that bullshit. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree with you. Like, I think a lot of people have been speculating on a way to, like, make a cement surefire way to know that people that are browsing for adult content are adults, where it's not just kids lying about their age. Some sort, sort of, some, uh, some sort of way to, like, verify it. But at the same time, when you have a bunch of content on Steam that's aimed towards adults, you could also get, like, it could also kind of, like, ruin it, you know? Because I was trying to think of what a... But it won't ruin it if it's literally not visible at all in a vanilla... Like, if the marketplace just completely removed all that stuff and put it on the mature section, mm-hmm. the vanilla Steam... No, it wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't ruin it for everyone else. Well, I don't. I don't mean like ruin it for other people. What I meant was is kind of like, like I meant ruin it sort of quality wise because uh, oh, I, I was see. having a conversation with someone about what it would be like if there was a Steam version, like an adult version of Steam. You could call it Cream, you know, or <laughs> or whatever you're into. But it's like there's only a handful of adult games that are also like really good you know like people bring up honey pop you're like yeah we want more honey pop you know we want more good games that are also meant for like adults but like you can't really have an entire platform based around only a handful of really good games and what you might find yourself with is a bunch of really terrible adult themed games like yeah but that's true now of non-adult games how many really terrible shitty games are on steam in general touche and that's the other point that they that that we kind of made in the conversation it's like there's really bad games that are for anybody you know but i kind of like the gray area that it has right now where it's like you can have an adult themed game like i I think honey pop and nekopar and all these games should be allowed on steam and then steam should just look the other way or just say it's okay to modify the game to the uncensored version if you want to like afterwards i really like the way things have been you know like that way we still have that steam quality control and you could have that like mature section but you know it's like it that way the games don't get too wild you know i'm like i'm not looking for like the penthouse version of like honey pop or like (laughs) you know some like really wild out stuff you know what i'm talking about like i kind of like them to reel it back in you know i'm not i don't know Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just set in my ways. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Kitty. Uh, on Steam, all those games seem like something that you pretty much have to search for, or you're not going to come up with them. Like That's a good point. I've been on Steam for a really long time, and I don't like ever get notifications of these games unless... Uh, Maybe it's like in a friend's like recently played or something, but even then they're never going to be on the front page They're You basically have to hear about them through word of mouth or like sorting through other people's steam libraries. And then maybe once you find one, you like get suggested the others, but they've never been well publicized. And oh, I, I think that true. like the, the audience and the like player base for these games has pretty much generally like kept to themselves too. It's kind of like a community of people that kind of play those games where you kind of hear it from other people that you know that have this similar interest. I would have sworn that when Honey Pop first came out, it was on the front page at one point, but maybe I was wrong. Well, it I mean, they, they could probably do maybe a little better job because upcoming is not filtered at all. It's basically anything that's coming out. Like, if you, like here, let me pull up the media view. If you go to upcoming right here, you'll see some serious dog shit games here or like... 
You like what is you green elephant? Like there's no sorting or anything for upcoming. You know what I mean? So it's like they like right content. there. The, I'll let you know. You green elephant is the greatest Doom reskin released this week. So here you go, right here on my main page on up and coming. There's no filtering at all. So the new girl indie casual sexual content nudity, right? They throw that title with just about anything though, for real. But that, that I think that maybe is the problem is some sections of it don't don't have good filtering or recommendations, right? Yeah. I, it, should, it should recommend upcoming games that I would actually be interested in, uh, that I would filter for. You know what I mean? Same with specials. Specials has zero filters on it. Oh well, yeah, like whenever they have a Steam sale, like you scroll down, I've seen like Honey Pop and other games on there for sale. Yeah, there was the whole, uh, you could get all the Sakura games for, like, 60% off. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember that. And uh, in, in chat, Gator Pete did make, he played Devil's Advocate, and he said maybe one of, he said maybe, another speculation, he said maybe one of the reasons that Steam is doing what they're doing is because there's a big gray area, especially in the, um, you know, anime, graphic novel kind of community. Uh, with age ambiguity, and I think Steam really doesn't want to get involved with some of that. You know, there's oh, that oh, there's man. that whole meme with like, you know, that one that one girl. She's obviously young, but they're like, oh, she's an eight thousand year old god. In you yeah. know, you know, just like so, it's okay. You know, so I, I mean, think like my wife is a one thousand year old dragon. It's fine. Yeah. We're so talking about now. <laughs> so I think. Uh, I mean, I'm not as. In, I, I'm not as familiar with that community, but one of the things that James brought up is that like Steam really doesn't want to have to deal with that. So in some cases, it might be. I mean, I was just looking in the just now in the in that upcoming this new girl game. The girl in that second screenshot down looks kind of young. You know, so like they're, it, all, like, on, they're all fictitious anime <laughs> girls. Who I know, I know that. that. I don't. It's a victimless crime, Jimmy. Victimless crime to <laughs> each you, their man. own. But I'm just saying, I could see how playing Devil's Advocate Steam might not want to have to fight that fight. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. When normies come into you know your visual novel territory, you got all these normies that are you know playing whatever like Fortnite or PUBG, and then they're like on Steam for the first time. They're like, oh my god, what's this? And it's like, it's like. I, I I hate it, but deep down, I'm really interested. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay, buddy. Yeah, fight the good fight. You're, who are you really fighting against? Is it me or yourself? I think it's deep, right? What are you linking, James? I'm scared. It, it's nothing <laughs> illegal. Nekopara, <laughs> the forbidden fruit. <laughs> Hold on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. I've totally seen that. Terrible. Oh, Terrible, James. Crazy. You're going to prison. <laughs> Get in the party van. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, it took I, me a minute to find that, but I remembered it because I remember I saw a thing where they, they swapped the positions and it was a young girl in a van and she was like, hey, hey, you, I got rock CDs and beer in my van. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, seen, I haven't seen that one, but I love that where they put like the lolies and cop uniforms like on like on Cherno's emote, you know. It's great. 
Um, so did you guys uh, download Sheaf's Beef? Did you pull up the video or downloaded it or anything? Sheaf's uh, yeah. I, I shared the link in our group chat. I don't know if you guys... Uh, I must have missed it. Uh, we can post it again. So every week, one of the things we do here on our podcast is a segment called Sheaf's Beef. Uh, Mashif is a member of my community, a uh, really chill guy. He's also a streamer. We can do a shout out to Mashif. And he puts together a pre-made video for us called Sheaf's Beef, where he, he tackles two topics. Uh, and then we pause it and discuss those topics and decide which one is the the beefier beef, which one we think is a bigger issue. Oh, it's basic. Cool. He basically complains about two things, and we decide which one we agree with more. And then he tells us if we're right or not. <laughs> right, sounds like fun. <laughs> there is a correct answer here. There is a correct answer. So if you uh, if you have got that video downloaded or pulled up i think you can play it from the browser i downloaded it so what we'll do none of us have watched this we're, we're all gonna hit play at the same time and watch chief's beef and then he said i think he said deposit at uh what was it four fifty four four something four fifty four yep yeah so we'll posit at four fifty four and discuss it and then we'll play the rest okay so uh let's get that up here let me find it this is Sheaf's Beef 523. My trigger finger is ready. I gotta I gotta set it up on my overlay here first. You know the boys have got about to get eaten by that shark. <laughs> Raft. Raft. Early, oh, I, I can probably guess the tags. Early access, survival, crafting. There's one more <laughs> I'm missing. Are you actually well, guessing the tags? Open world. Oh, open world, definitely. All right, I'm just going to do this right in the VLC window here. Let's see, how close was I? Oh, early access survival multiplayer crafting. Easy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I've got it up. You guys all got it up? Uh, Yeah, I think I'm good to go. I'm going to crank up the volume here. Hopefully I don't blow out your guys' ears on stream. Let me check. Welcome. Welcome to this. All right, that that sounds pretty good. Uh, I can adjust it as we go. So I'll do one, two, three, go, and on go we'll all hit play. Ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. One, two, three, go. Welcome to this week's installment of Sheep's Beef. We're down here at JTRHNBR Networks Sheep Beef Stadium Complex, where we're bringing you the beef. We're going to put two things head-to-head, see what the commentators have to say, see what the chat has to say, and find out which everyone thinks is the beefiest. There is a right answer, so go ahead and stick around to the end of the show to find out what it is. Now your host, the man with the beef, Miss Sheaf. Welcome, everybody. Good to see you. Glad uh, glad we're all here. Uh, Today we have two really tough beefs going at it. Our first beef, we're going to dive right in, virtual reality. Here's the issue with virtual reality. We've been sold a bill of goods that just has not connected yet. Okay, VR headsets, Oculus, Rift, Vive, Gear VR, the, the Google thing that nobody's using or talking about. The issue with these things is there's no AAA titles. There is nothing on the Gear VR or the Vive or the Oculus that is just screaming, you got to go out and buy an Oculus because this fucking game right here, this is the game. It doesn't exist. Even on PlayStation VR, PlayStation has the best first-party apps. 
nothing for VR. No reason to buy VR at all. There's a couple cool experiences, but some of them are as short as seven hours. And then the ones that are there, you either get motion sickness or they just don't work well with glasses or they fog up or it's low res and you have what's called a screen door effect where you're too close to the screen so it's, you can see all the little pixels and lines. That doesn't work. It's not worth the price of admission. It's not doing what they said it's going to do. And we're just not there yet. Now, I think this year we're going to get there in 2018, 2019. Uh, release date, we might see something different. There's a couple companies working on something without wires. There's a couple companies without the room sensors. There's there's a lot of stuff that's being worked on, but we're just not there yet. And that's why virtual reality is the first beef of the week. It's definitely something that is going to come. It's definitely something that's going to be awesome. But right now, it just kind of sucks. You look like an idiot when you yeah, use it. I disagree. And it's not even <laughs> that fun. So that's our first beef. Our second beef, E3. The Electronic Entertainment Expo. Now, this is the hype train that will not stop. It's the hype train to end all hype trains. The issue with E3 is we get sold a bill of goods every year about the newest, latest, greatest game and how it's going to create the most immersive experience that you've ever Working on updates. Uh Uh-oh. Is it? Wait a minute. What? That's <laughs> part of the video. Oh he no! He trolled really? us. He tried to troll us. No way. Is this not? No. This is. Is this for real? Yeah, it's in the video. <laughs> what a bitch! No way. Chief, why? <laughs> what the fuck was that? All right, we're back. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what happened there. That was a uh, Windows like, oh, update crap. gone bad. It just forced itself open and then crashed the whole system. My heart Let's get back into the ring. <laughs> yeah, dude, I thought that was you. All right, so. Oh, that was great. We did have E3. <laughs> I right? had it that full was screen. I was like, oh, shit, no. <laughs> but not anymore. the worst possible Our time. Our new beef, Windows updates. Come on, guys. We're going to update our beef. That was because awesome. you're updating yeah, everyone's computers. And you're doing it in a way that's screwing everything Windows up. You're a multi-billion beef. dollar company. You've been around a long time. You are the personal computer software company to beat. You guys are the best. Until you get into updates. Until you start doing stuff people are not asking for you to do. Okay? This latest update, if you're a streamer, gamer, you got something plugged in via USB, guess what? Shit just got messed up. Yep. And this is why you're the beef. Okay? Your updates crash. You're forcing everyone to do it. And sometimes it's at the worst possible times. There's a laughable amount of people that are being uh, in the middle of a stream that get kicked out of doing what they're supposed to be doing and you're supposed to be the creator update this is supposed to be the the platform to make on and you guys just make it harder and harder and this update while i totally appreciate free updates right because you guys don't have to do that you can do it in a better way you're better than this you can get with the developers you can figure out how to release this stuff in a way that's not going to jimmy jack everyone around and fuck it up jimmy jack that's why you're our newbie for the week E3, you get a pass this time. We're coming back at you another time. <laughs> so these are our two beefs. Virtual reality, Windows updates. James, Jimmy, I want, I want to hear what you guys have to say. I want to hear what the chat has to say and the guests. Give me your beef. There's a the right answer. I'm going to give it to you as soon as you guys are done. All right, so here we go. Let's hear it. All right. Okay. So I think we can all just agree that the Windows updates the bigger beef. Oh, I, of I mean. Mm-hmm. When it comes to VR, 
I think we're close, but I I don't I I have a rule of thumb with technology in general. I I don't adopt first generation anything. Uh, my iPhone 6s works fucking perfect, uh, because I let them work out all the kinks and patches and all that shit, and then I bought it a year later. I feel the same way about VR. I think uh, first second generation they're okay. They're working out the kinks. It's getting there. Uh, it is good. There are some pretty impressive, like that that new lightsaber rhythm game oh, that I've been watching. That shit looks crazy fun. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, Beat Saber looks pretty sick. The biggest thing I'm waiting for is higher resolutions and wireless. Mm-hmm. But you guess. Um, I'm thinking like the virtual, the virtual reality. There's, there's actually a decent amount of content. I'm at there. I'm actually at the point where I'm like, man, you know, I, I love. I would actually be willing to spend the money if I had it. You know, it's so expensive. But like, I mean, dude, VR chat, <laughs> VR chat is a good time, man. There's some people like where they have the, um, they've got the he- the uh, the headset and the extensions where they can attach it to like their legs and their hips, and like they can like walk around and you can like interact with other people and just like talk and. Um, I just I feel like that connection with people through online is like just so important that you can just use your desk your desktop, but it's not the same. You can't like interact the same. You can't like reach out or like interact with things the same way. You know, it's just kind of like it. it, It's more immersive, and it's one of the things that kind of made me want to get one. On top of uh, there's been a few other virtual reality games, you know, that work really well with it. And I think my only beef with it is like the setup. You know, like it's still right. got like sensors in the corner. Like I was watching Retro Gaijin set up his. I was like, damn, man, that looks like really annoying. Then you have to have the space for it and all this stuff. But I don't really think the virtual reality that we're getting now is really that new. I think it's something we've been developing for like at least the past 10, 15 years. I feel like a lot of this technology is being borrowed from like the gyros in the 3ds or like the Wii remotes in that little sensor bar or like the connect, but not nearly as shitty, you know, like <laughs> there's just like, it's kind of tech that's been kind of evolving over the past like 10, 20 years. And now we're getting virtual reality with like the headsets and everything else that kind of, you know, that's actually making it what we originally wanted it to be in the first place. But yeah, I, I still feel like they need to work out the kinks and, also make it to where people don't throw up all the time you know people are getting sick so but i mean i don't think it's nearly that bad i mean it was definitely way worse last year there was not a reason to get it at all it's progressing quickly yeah yeah I, i agree like it has a lot to do with the the games that are being made for it you know like it has everything to do with the uh support from developers and stuff just like any other new technology, porn is going to be what uh, <laughs> makes or breaks it. I have seen some of the things related to that, and I got to say, they're moving <laughs> in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, and see, you'll notice that everyone, it's like when they really want to just get it for porn, they're just kind of like, no, I just wanted it for Batman, Arkham Knight. <laughs> I promise. And yeah. uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen, And Dead or Alive, actually, Dead or Alive Extreme 3, I would actually legit use that for. So, uh, uh, Kitty Cast has indicated that he, he uh, needs to head out here soon. Uh, di- on, on these topics, before we finish up, did you have anything you wanted to add as far as VR or Windows updates or E3? Yeah, I think for me, actually, probably my biggest beef out of all of them would be E3, but 
Uh, for me, <laughs> VR is in a fine place right now because I think they've been making steady and consistent progress. And I think a number of people are actually pretty happy and have enjoyed their investment into their VR stuff. And I think I will totally agree with Sheep that at least on my end, there's a lack of like games that can actually that you can actually sit down and play and like invest your time into more than like maybe one or two sessions outside of like your new virtual reality chat room, which is fun and can be great. But if you want like a really in-depth like gaming experience, it still has a way to go. Yeah, I agree. There's not really like a story-driven single-player adventure game that fully utilizes virtual reality yet. So I I will say what I said last time, and I've said this a couple times about VR. The day that I can have a full Red Dead experience (laughs) on VR, I will I will go buy that shit. That if they announce Red Dead Redemption VR, so that I can jump on a horse and fucking go (laughs) shoot people and wrangle you know bounties and sit in a room and gamble and like if i can have a straight up wild wild west open world experience i love red dead it's one of my favorite games of all times and like there needs to be some type of game like that or like god of war or something like an epic narrative that actually you know not a gimmick because a lot of the games are built around a gimmick, I feel like. And then once they get past that and they figure out which mechanics work and which don't, and they start incorporating those into some of these bigger titles, that's where you're going to convert a lot of people. Yeah. So I, in that, in that aspect, I agree with like Mashif in the sense that like there is no God of War. There's no Red Dead. There's no like huge AAA like, oh my God, that's like a mind-blowing experience. They've modded old games, like isn't there a Skyrim VR? You know, there's stuff like that, mm-hmm. but they, yeah, there there needs to be something like, just like there's there will be too. There will be that title that will just open everyone's eyes and just holy shit, like yeah. <laughs> um, good point. So Kitty Cast, uh, thank you so much for being here. I think we're gonna finish playing the video. Oh, and on the on the matter of Windows updates. Uh, this last update pissed off a lot of people. It broke a few things for me. Artists especially, like their tablets stopped working. Uh, it's a Mobius Life who's also a member of DLC. All of his brushes that he had saved in his uh, in his art program were erased. Like hundreds of hours of like custom brushes and all this shit. His tablets weren't working. All gone with this Windows update. The first time I opened OBS, uh, all my audio devices were all switched around and messed up and stuff like this last update i think left a really sour taste in a lot of people's mouths you guys use windows 10 i do yes Yes. i'm on seven and i have to say i was saved yeah yeah yeah, i've been i was sticking with seven man it's never even when they were like hey it's free to go to 10 i'm like why would i want to go to something that's buggy and jacked up for free i mean yeah it's free but I've had zero problems with ten until this last update. So that so the so the update wins for me. So well, let's let's go ahead and finish playing it. I'll do one, two, three, go, and we'll finish it out. Yeah, sure. All right, ready? One, two, three, go. And we're back to see which of the two is the beefiest. 
Your guess is good as mine. Let's go back to the host, Miss Sheaf, with the beef. <laughs> All right, this is pretty clear. This is cut, dry, easy peasy. All of you that are watching the stream right now are probably watching on a desktop PC. Most of you are running Windows because you play games because this is Twitch. That's why this guy right here, you're the beef of the week, okay? Windows updates are out of control. You need to pull it together. You need to talk with developers. You need to do this in a way that isn't going to totally bork everyone's systems up, okay? That's why you're the big beef of the week, Bill. Microsoft, with your updates, I love that they're free. I appreciate you, but maybe we can do better, okay? That's why you are the beef of the week. Yay, from a sheaf. <laughs> Always giving us a good discussion. What was it last week? Last week was a really good one, too. <sighs> anyway, thank you so much, KittyCast. Um, again, everyone, make sure you go give KittyCast a follow. Uh, check out some of the stuff he's doing with Bless Online. Uh, I'm, I'm, there's a pretty high chance I'm going to play that game, so I'm probably going to be hitting you up to... Uh, to show me the ropes at some point in the near future because I would love to get into an MMO. Maybe I can even convince Lady Navio to play an MMO with me. <laughs> That's definitely how you can get the hours in. And you can get both people and then you're like, now we play together. Yay! Anyway, thank you, KittyCast. Uh, I hope you have a good stream. You're going to go stream right now, right? Uh, yeah, probably for about an hour and then I have to wake up at 5 in the morning well, I appreciate you taking time out of your normal schedule to come here and do this. It really means a lot to me. And uh, make sure you make sure you enter that giveaway. You oh, are yeah. you are you are a valid. You anyone can enter. I'm gonna enter myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to come here, and it was great meeting everyone. And I know you guys are gonna have a great end to the podcast. So I uh, hope you have fun. Have a good Memorial Day weekend too. Plus comes out on the 28th if you pre-order so or if you buy the founders pack so you don't have that long before it starts so all right gotta make the decision quick cool all see right see, you. see, ya. <laughs> see ya. have a good one uh it's probably gonna yeah it broke you i gotta transition to the give me one second here oh, i no. the only thing i didn't have time to do because we started kind of late was to set up the uh the um the three person view. So give me two seconds to just shift you over real quick. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um He's phasing through the database, Jimmy. There's two of me now. We'll get it. We'll get it there. Helmet hair? What? Almost. Oh, that's the wrong one. Oh, I have. I I need to. I did that all wrong. This one is the one I need to change. Here we go. Anyway, we can still uh, chat while I'm doing this. Uh, what's next on my list? I had. Let me pull up my list. Thank you, Mashif, again for doing that. Um, Sheaf's beef. Oh, uh, we'll skip that one for now. I do want to talk about E3. It's on my list, actually, to talk about some E3 stuff that's been announced or is going to be announced. And uh, also, yeah, we can talk some some shit. 
I'm totally down to talk some shit about E3. Uh, everyone acts like E3 is like ever, ever since they made it public. Because first of all, that was for years. It was like industry only, right? Yes and no. Because by industry, they meant if you worked at GameStop, that was good enough that could get you in. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was it was very industry in that. Sure, if you work like for like a news agency that covered that kind of stuff, you would get in with the press pass. But the barrier, the actual barrier for entry, was really really low. Well, when you say worked at GameStop, I imagine it was like store managers, assistant store managers, and stuff. I doubt game advisors were being invited to E3. I heard it was lower than that, but I mean. It, it, it has been a while since stuff like that was talked about. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, ha- I had a friend that went to E3, and uh, the way he described it was every time, uh, like the first time he went, it was like amazing. It's like an amazing experience. It's like, but, and you can like overlook like the huge long lines and everybody that's there. Mm-hmm. But like after that, you start to realize that it's like really uh business orientated and like there's huge lines and everybody's going you know like and it's so it's like yeah it's just it's kind of different than what it was i guess back in the day so i think it's just like dealing with so many people and uh seeing how it's how much money is poured into it you know it's kind of like i don't know kind of like i don't want to say dirty is the experience but just kind of like not the same as it was, I guess. Or maybe we're just getting old and we just hate everything now. James, <laughs> James like Bonfire says reminds me of Six Flags as an adult. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you go to Six Flags, you're like, yeah. And then after that, you're like, my feet are tired, you know? <laughs> my bones hurt. Oh, yeah. Six dollar bottle of water. <laughs> I want to ride, you know, that sweet ass roller coaster, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to have to sit in two hour line to play like five minutes of Destiny 2. Or whatever it is at the time. Destiny 3, maybe. Yeah. And then there's always, like, you know, the inevitable, like, the panels that you do actually want to see. They always seem to be fucking scheduled at the same time. So it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, the two things, like, a lot of those conventions and stuff. I I know that happens uh, at PAX and stuff a lot. Like, you know, there'll be, like, three different panels going on at the same time. And you, you literally can't go to them. Because they overlap or whatever. But I don't know. I I just I've been extremely underwhelmed the last few years um, with all of the stuff coming out of E3 in general. Mm-hmm. I think the main beef that I have with E3 is that every year um, I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's just because like I'm getting older, but I'm noticing that like. Every year they'll they'll overhype a project, or uh, you know it'll be like pre-rendered gameplay for something, or you know they'll and they'll get people excited. But it's like you're a lot of times you're like either let down or brought down. Like I'm sure everyone's seen that YouTube video where um, they show like the E3 announcement footage and then show the actual gameplay and like overlap them over each other so you can see. How they like downscaled everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think That's they did that one. with. Uh, I think the best example was what was that hacker one? The, the Watchdogs. Watchdogs. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Like Watchdogs. You know, they rendered the announcement and they show all this 
like this traffic collision and it's like 16 cars in a pile up and there's an explosion and there's like 500 people in the street but then they like showed the gameplay and it's like you know only like two three cars colors are washed out all sorts yeah yeah it's washed out and like there's not wind blowing across the street you know like they'll kind of like overhop uh, overhype a lot of the stuff so yeah i have i have zero trust in trailers in general i mean there was that whole uh there was that whole alien fiasco too where they showed like side by yeah they showed side by side like the trailer versus the actual game footage of those scenes and it was just like complete yeah. garbage dude. it was it, dude, the guy behind that game still stands by it and says he didn't swindle people can you believe that yeah he blamed it all on Sterling. um you know Sterling's fault. funny enough did you guys see what trailer came out literally like right before the podcast started mm-hmm. no uh it was on the front page top voted thing on Reddit. Let me see if I saved it. And we can actually watch it if you want. We can decide if it's actual footage. Yeah, I'll, I'm down for that. And while we wait for that, the, the main thing I dislike about E3 is like, yeah, like in the earlier days, it was like really like interesting and they had good stuff. But these days, it seems to be a lot about fake leaks and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like, they're already releasing like all this stuff about the new games so why go to e3 when the entire like games lineup was already leaked yeah they like they because that gets people excited because the they realized that it was viral when things quote unquote leak and now that's why we get leaks all the damn time you know yeah and now companies do shit like this like release the trailer for battlefield 5 right before e3 okay (laughs) that's what you're talking about i saw it all over I saw it everywhere. I didn't know that's what you were talking about. Yeah, here, here I, I it is. Yet, but I, I'm like, I'm like ninety percent sure it's not going to be in game. There is some in game. They make it look in game. It's mostly rendered in it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched the trailer, but I've seen everyone complaining. Oh, oh they complaining. They, it, it was something about women being in it. Like, there goes the historical accuracy, but that's. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Looks damn good. So far, this is all pretty clear. Oh, it's all in. Or at least brushed up and cleaned up and. No man, this is clearly pre-rendered. There's no question. You'll see where it kind of goes to where it looks like in game. Yeah. So far, it's been pre-rendered. Doesn't even look like it was done in game. This is hype as hell, though. It gets you really excited for the new So battle. right here is kind of where, see how like the, the map showed up and you got your health bar and first person view. Mm-hmm. This is so big. If anything, this looks like a proof of concept. Yeah, this is definitely uh, what the final product's gonna look like. Really cool. 
Billy Club. Hello, old Ooh. Ooh. Just she looks like she's from another game. I'd be Sick super trailer, pissed. but not nah, man. That is I not in guys. <laughs> None of that is in game, dude. No way. Yeah. Like you have to you have to look at it from a gameplay standpoint because it doesn't look like anybody's in control at all. Like the camera was constantly moving around, like it was really realistic in the way that it was like looking all over the place. So it looked more like a rendered version of what they wanted to do, but. Like you could tell, like the way the rifle was moving around when when they were moving, you couldn't tell what you would be aiming at. You know, it'd be it was all over the place. Yeah, I wish that's exactly. I wish that's what the gameplay would look like, but I don't know. Then again, if the game did actually look like that while you were playing it, it'd probably be so jarring. It'd probably be hard to play it. Yeah, because like just looking at that big part where it like transitioned into gameplay, it was super contrasting colors. Like, oh, here's a bunch of white over here. And now here's a bunch of bright green here. Like, what am I looking at? Yeah, that's another good example because it was visually impressive. But if you're playing a game, you'd be like, what the hell? I can't see what's over there. It's all blinding white and I'm getting shot from nothing. You know, like you can't. So, I mean, it's really nitpicking. And but that's the sort of thing. Like when I watch E3 these days, I'm just so cynical and shit that I don't want to take the piss out of it for other people. You know, like other people are like, dude, did you see the trailer? It's so sick. Oh, man, I love it. And I'm like, I watch it. I'm like, yeah, that was a good trailer. You know, and like, I'll just shut up because I don't want to like ruin it. Like if everyone's like enjoying it, you know, let them like let them get excited. I'm not going to go over there and be like, well, you know, it's not a game, right? It's not a game. It's just it's a shitty trailer. I mean, it's not even you can tell because, you know, and like, I'm, I'm like, that's I, like, I don't stop crushing it. people's dreams, battle athlete. Yeah, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, also, the Easter bunny isn't real. Like, what <laughs> Like, hey, like, kids could be watching. <laughs> Mature content only. We're over here talking about adult. Next thing you're gonna tell me we live, we don't live in a democracy. <laughs> we live in a society, Jimmy. A society. We um, live in a society of memes. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I get it. Uh, those of us who have been around long enough to know that. Uh, promises and reality don't often match and so e3 just feels like a big toilet full of promises and then we get reality and it's maybe a third of that so Mm -hmm. but i think think it's still okay to be excited you know like i'll see something and still get excited there's usually at least one or two really good surprises like uh everyone's speculating about nintendo's like Pokemon announcement or oh, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, like, what's coming to the Switch? You know, Wait. since the Switch is handheld, it will be interesting to see if they take like a Pokemon Go approach or so. I don't know. There's a lot that, of like that is the the current like big rumor. That yeah, Pokemon. Is, is Go. Nintendo going to be involved with E3 this year? Because they usually do. The, the Nintendo's like we're too cool for E3, and they usually don't. But even they well yeah, sometimes we they do. But so sometimes they also announce shit at the same time as E3 even if they don't oh. go to E3 a lot of times they drop videos and content during E3 oh okay yeah that makes sense but yeah sometimes they'll drop something on you that you didn't know was kind of uh, you didn't know it was coming like that new Spider-Man game that, that's coming out two years ago I was uh, you know streaming and doing live reactions for E3 and that was the biggest thing that I got excited for was a new Spider-Man game, dude, because I've played them all, man. I, I love Spider-Man games. And the last one that came out, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, I, I, I had a lot of fun with that one. The web swinging was really good. And yeah. then just out of nowhere, they're like, Spider-Man game. 
and the web slinging looked good. The graphics looked amazing. It didn't like a lot of it was obviously like pre-rendered stuff, but a lot of it you could also tell was actually in game. And uh, since then, I haven't been let down from like actual footage. But so I mean, drops, like this you, year, I'm stoked. You might be disappointed just because you played the ultimate Spider-Man game on your stream recently, and I don't know if swinging across buildings gets better than that. Oh, you talking about Attack on Titan Two? Yeah, dude. I was <laughs> like watching you just like swing from tree to tree and building to building and like shooting and like the comboing enemies and stuff. Like that game, I was like, they need to make a Spider-Man game with that fucking engine. Just give Spider-Man a katana. <laughs> like, if anyone who doesn't know, if you're familiar with the anime Attack on Titan Two uh, or Attack on Titan in general, they right. the, Attack on Titan Two the game. That shit is really fun to watch. I don't know if it's as fun to play as it is to watch, but like, I was having a a blast watching you play that. Oh, like yeah, that man. that Swing that to around. me is like, why isn't there a Spider-Man game like this shit? Like, just I don't know. It was really well done. Yeah, it's the web slinging that really sells that sort of stuff. It's the the movement and control right. of swinging around. You know, it's like like in that when you get the swinging physics for something like Attack on Titan or like. Spider-Man, you get the physics just right, you'll feel like you're only partially in control. Like, that's what made Spider-Man 2 so beloved, is because that that has the best web-swinging physics. It hasn't aged well graphically. If you go back and play it, it is just blocky as San Andreas. Like, it's yeah, looks really bad, but this web-swinging is still impressive. Like, you jump, you actually have to stick the web to something, and then it has everything to do with momentum, and you can even hold a button to, like, swing at your legs like you would on a swing to get more momentum and it's just so satisfying to play and it looks like they did that with this one and improved upon the you know uh batman arkham combat mechanics that they've been trying to perfect over the past couple of games but hasn't been as good yeah but it looks like this one they may have actually nailed it because you know it's going to be on ps4 and pc and you know, they won't have to backpedal for old hardware, which is what they did for the last Spider-Man game. They had it on Xbox 360 and the PS3 and PS4. So I think they had to reel things back in to make sure that they could make sure they ran properly on the older consoles. And this this is the first time where they're like, all right, just, just go crazy, man. Make it look good. You know, make the mechanics good. And I just feel like it's going to be super... Awesome. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on this like Spider-Man thing for like. No, 15. no, no, no. I, I, but, uh, I, I appreciate your passion. I, but while you were saying that, the only thing that I was thinking that I hope they don't do with the next generation of a lot of these games, my biggest fear, because it kind of started to happen with God of War, I'm afraid of Dark Souls syndrome. I really hope they don't make every fucking encounter with an enemy like this huge epic battle where it takes 20 hits to kill a guy. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I loved... One thing that I missed in the old guy... I, I love the new God of War. I love the story. I haven't even played it, but I've watched people play it pretty much from beginning to end. The only thing I felt like what was missing for me was the maximum carnage of... You said maximum carnage, and that went into my brain... Like, the old God of War games where you just feel like such a fucking badass where you're mm. taking on, like, hordes of 20 enemies and, like, two-shotting them with your chains and shit like that. Yeah, like, you feel like a badass. Yeah, I want that in the superhero games, too. I want them to be hard, but I don't want it to be like you sit in the same area. Like, the same reason that I didn't like Neo and the same reasons, like, I have a hard time with some of the Dark Souls content. Like, every fight is such a chore. 
And it's like sometimes you just want to feel like a badass, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, and I miss that on, on some of the new games. They're taking that more Dark Souls approach where everything has to be hard and, oh, you don't you have to learn how to kill each enemy and it's like this huge... I don't know. I, 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 feel, like, um, I feel like that breaks down into uh, the actual game mechanics and what it's like to play them because Arkham Knight on higher difficulties can be... Uh, can be really difficult, but it has such a rewarding system where uh, it gets easier as you get better as a player. Okay, you know, yeah. they'll throw in different variations and stuff. But if the game is just like, uh, like there's a, it's a fine line between like challenging the player and just annoying the shit out of them. Right. It's, exactly. It's so hard to find that. Like, uh, perfect example. Like, um, did you uh, did you hear about that game Extinction that came out? Uh, it sounds familiar. It was like uh, about a month ago or so It where you run around and you cut off these giant ogres' heads and limbs and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was excited for that because a lot of people are saying it looked like Attack on Titan or uh, like Shadow of the Colossus, but more fast-paced. And uh, But the entire thing drug itself down because it became extremely annoying. It was based around which type of armor the orcs had on their limbs and they'd be destroying the city, so it was kind of like an escort mission, and it was just kind of, it just became a huge, it went from being, holy crap, this is awesome, to, uh, this is just annoying, you know, like, there's, like, this gauntlet can't be busted, but this one can be busted if you get all the locks first, uh, this one has to be handled this way, and it's just, it was, it was, it just became super tedious, and not challenging, so it's like, you know, it's a really fine line of making the player feel like a badass, like you do in Arkham, and then there's like other games where you're just kind of going through the motions and just swinging blindly or just being annoyed through annoying mechanics that are trying to appear as like variety and it's not really variety at all. Right. Yeah, like that's an issue I have with difficulty in games in general because it's like for the in a lot of games turning up the difficulty just means your enemies take less damage and they deal more damage and nothing really changes from that. Mm-hmm. I know at least in the new God of War, it was like, if you go on the hardest difficulty, every fight is now like a Dark Souls boss, because they'll two-shot you, and you can't kill them that quickly anyway. Yeah. Yeah, like, the, that, like that's the easy go-to way of, like, just turning up the difficulty. You right, know, exactly. Like... Yeah, it's it's super frustrating, because it's like, oh, yeah, just crank up the health, and now they, all it does is slow the game down. I don't feel like it makes it any more challenging. And, like, the enemies don't have new abilities, or they're not faster or anything. It's the exact same game, just slower. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Grand, what I liked Grand a lot about, did a good uh... job of that. Oh, finish? Oh, oh, I was just saying uh, that this uh, beat-em-up I played, uh, Dragon's Crown Pro... With each, uh, with after you complete story mode, there's like a new difficulty where you start from the beginning, and each boss got like a new route, and not only was harder to kill, but they would like mix things up, and uh, like I, I thought that was really interesting. It also keeps you playing, but also makes the game like new and challenging again. So like, what I was that one was called? Dragon's Crown Pro. Okay, mm-hmm. it's from the people that did Odin Sphere, Mura, Masa, Demon Blade. Note that now. Yeah, where they have like that really hand-drawn like storybook style. If you um, like a four-player very endowed witches. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, oh, that's what I should just started with. I was like, you know, the one with the you should, oh the the witch with the giant titties. Ah, that's okay. Got, got it. it. Got I it. Should have just said that in the first place. <laughs> yeah, and what I was gonna say was it. It's like it's what I liked a lot about Dead Cells because the game never. It's 
there's you can't change the difficulty, but as you play, what makes the enemies more difficult isn't that they're just like more health, more damage, is that they as you encounter new enemies, they all have different move sets and they all do different things. So as you progress through the game, because I remember I played it and I was like, oh, this is kind of tough. But then I learned what the basic enemies did. I moved to the next area. And I was like, whoa, what? how did this game get so much harder? And it's not that the game got harder. So I just encountered new enemies with new move sets, and I just had to learn what they did. And then yeah, as you kept doing that, the game gets more difficult without ever really being difficult. Right. Right. Yeah. Like it. It's not uh, just up and up the health. You actually have to like evolve as a player. Yeah. And like adjust to patterns and stuff. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I like uh, Wizard of Legend so much. It's same exact thing. Like, there's the three. Di- it's it's a hard game, but it's hard because there's three different um, uh, environments, right? There's the ice environment, there's the fire environment, and there's the earth environment. And then within those environments, there are different sets of monsters, and depending on where that environment, so they're like. There, you you do them in an order, and but that order changes every time. So you'll do like, the like it's randomly generated. So like the let's say this run the order is ice, fire, earth. So the ice enemies, because they're in the first set, they're easier and they do less moves. Uh, there, I don't know if their their health might scale a little bit as well. But if you were to encounter those same ice enemies, but but it was after the first boss, like it was the second set. The enemies actually have like an extra move, like so. Depending on, you know what I mean. So that like the it, not only do they get a little harder, but their actual skill set and move set changes. And the same is true with the bosses. If the, if the ice boss is the first boss, he has a different set of he has like three moves he can do. If he's the second boss, he's got like four moves he can do. If he's the third boss, he's got like four, five moves he can do. So depending on where the enemies are along the path is how hard they are, but not hard health wise. It's actually they're they're smarter and they do more moves. Yeah, yeah, that kind of mixes mixes it up. And right, like that's I think that's what people enjoy about fighting games too is that. The difficulty in that it comes with being able to adapt quickly. Right. Like, you have to do it before the match is over, and I think that's what makes it so... Like, oh, I've never seen that combo. I've never seen that move. i got to do this now to adjust for that. You know, it's like, how, yeah. Yeah, how quickly can you learn those new mechanics and adjust for them? But that's... Exactly. Like, if they get you in the corner or something, and they have a move where they could either, you know, hit you with an overhead, or maybe they'll do a low, or they'll grab, you know, you have to, like, evolve. I'm like, oh, he's doing an overhead. I have to block high at the end of that, you know? And if you can't adjust then you lose you know that's why they usually do like tournaments uh and fighting games that are like two out of three matches because they give people a chance to um a little bit more time to evolve or adapt to a situation because you know if they like that's that's how like the pros win they adapt quicker you know they evolve like mid game so they have to like be able to make those adjustments and i think that's why people enjoy that sort of difficulty also the fact that it's like a human versus another human so you can like get a read on the person that you're fighting against and like make assumptions of what they're gonna do mm-hmm. and everyone kinda... everyone has patterns as hard as you try not to everyone has like a style yeah you know you got to be able to get a read on there like okay he grabbed me last time this guy would grab me four more times you know i i know to tech that grab or i know to you know, you just gotta you gotta feel for the way they play, and it's like a really intense version of like checkers or chess or something. So, very true. So, I want to move on 
Uh, there's something that I want to talk about that I personally experienced. A bad, I don't even think battle athlete is allowed to experience. <laughs> oh, well, now you got me curious. <laughs> I streamed on Mixer the other day. Oh. Oh. Because um, affiliates are allowed to stream on other platforms, just not at the same time. Really? Yes. Oh, I thought they weren't allowed to at all. No, and in fact, you are allowed to stream on other platforms, but it can't be gaming content. Partners have an agreement that any new gaming content will be streamed on Twitch. You could do a podcast or or like something. That's why E3 was able to stream their podcast or uh, H3H3, even though they stream like their podcasts and games and stuff mm-hmm. on Twitch. They're allowed to stream their podcast on YouTube because it's not gaming content. Oh, um, okay. So that that's a thing. Uh, yeah, uh, affiliates d- don't. Contracts. <laughs> affiliates are allowed to stream on any platform they want, but not at the same time. Because you know, there's those services out there where you can stream to them, and then they'll stream to like all three at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's like programs that can do that. I've known people that do. Yeah, that. and there's third party. Like you can pay. There's like a third party online company you can pay five bucks a month, and they'll restream your shit to like every platform. Oh, you have to pay for that? That's whack. Yeah, because it's a lot of bandwidth. They have because what the, they're basically like taking your signal and and sending it out to all of the different uh, you know encoders. They're they're basically uh, sending it out to YouTube, Twitch, and Mixer for you at the same time. So okay. if you're an affiliate or a partner, you can't do that at all. But all I can't. Right. But but Twitch said they'd give me money for the and I played. <laughs> what do you mean there was more in the contract? Yeah, so, most people don't read it. I was really curious about Mixer because uh, not too long ago, Microsoft bought them. And Microsoft has a tendency to not like it when things fail, so they just keep throwing money at it. Oh, that's totally true. Um, So I'm very curious to see what happens with Mixer, and I at least want to be familiar with the ecosystem. So I streamed on Mixer. Um, And I kind of want to show you guys, um, I don't know if this is like... Is it is it against the rules for me to show Mixer on uh, Twitch? No, I don't think so. And you <laughs> yeah, that, that would be. You think they're going to come after you, Jimmy? Yeah, no, probably not. <laughs> as right. long as Twitch support. has got bigger problems with uh, searching out streamers saying uh, racial slurs. We don't have to worry about you, Jimmy. You're good people. So one thing I really like about it right off the bat. So let's go to our media view here. Um, both the chat and the video screen when you pull up a stream. Oh, and also. They have an option by default that basically says um, you can tell it to automatically record your VODs. And then there's a checkbox that says play uh, play last VOD if I'm offline. So mm-hmm. if you go to my channel, like if you go to Jimmy Nav- uh, Mixer.com forward slash Jimmy Navio, uh, first it gives you a warning that it's a mature stream and nothing will show at all until I remember this and click watch. And then it immediately just starts playing my last VOD. Uh, and then, I don't know, is this volume? Oh, that's viewers. Okay. So it, that's kind of cool. Do you see that? It shows yeah. you, like, your viewers. So I told a few people from the DLC community and just some friends and stuff that I was going to stream on uh, Mixer. Okay. I was playing some Wizard of Legend. The number one thing that everyone noticed immediately 
So they have two types of servers. They have the traditional like RTMP or whatever servers that Twitch has. And then they also have these servers that they call FTL, which I'm guessing means faster than light. I'm not, you know, what else would that? Faster than light. Literally zero latency from chat Mm -hmm. to video. Like when someone would type a message and and it would pop up in my chat. It's immediate. It's, it's literally just like, I mean, people were typing stuff and it was less than a second. It was like milliseconds. It was crazy fast. Mm Mm-hmm. And they also have this XP system built into the entire platform where you have a level and you get experience and you get this other currency. And then different cha- the channels can choose how you use that currency to interact. So there's some really cool things that they're doing. One of the other big things that was kind of cool is they have multi-streaming built in. So if I come here to browse and I check this box that says co-stream, it's going to filter everyone who's co-streaming. So if I click on one of these, it's going to take me straight to their co-stream and it's going to load all of the people that are co-streaming. And it's so it's built into the platform. On Twitch, there's third-party like websites that'll do multi-stream stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Mixer, it's built in. Oh, that's be- cool. So if you're streaming with a friend. Right. And, and again, because of that fact, than light server shit like you can be almost perfectly synced up with the person that you're co-streaming with it's pretty crazy yeah that is pretty wild like um i have a friend that uh, moved from twitch to mixer um and she's seen a lot more success on there on mixer but i feel like a lot of that has to do with the fact that mixer doesn't have as as much competition but she'll she's getting more viewers and like more support over there and when i and i literally made a mixer account just to go you know watch her and support her and uh that's the first thing i noticed is that the latency is like there's no latency but it's you know uh, i i also was told that's because mixer does they don't have as many people exactly yeah. so like with twitch like they're actually they actually imp- implemented a beta for low latency where it's almost just as quick not quite as fast but it's like maybe another second or two delay but, but i bet it'll improve like over time yeah, I agree. Um, but if Mixer became more popular, like Twitch, I feel like that would still ha- like be something that they would have to deal with was a little bit more latency. Because apparently Twitch was like that back in the day too, before, um, like, like in the very early stages of Twitch and Justin TV, uh, the latency like there was none. So like when they started getting more and more latency, that's when like the old school viewers were like. Dude, that took like 13 seconds for you to respond. Like, what, what's with the latency or something like that? And right. Like yeah, thing. I think. Sorry, I had to reset my camera real quick. Uh, I think again, it's gonna go back to uh... Microsoft. Doesn't I mean they don't have a problem spending money? Because I think honestly, if Twitch wanted to have enough servers and infrastructure to to drop their late they don't have a true competitor right now sheer numbers wise the highest game that's being viewed on mixer is not even four thousand viewers mm-hmm. so the audience is much smaller mm-hmm. uh twitch has no incentive to drop millions of dollars for more servers t- to lower their latency because they know that like there's not going to be a max ex- exodus tomorrow to mixer if microsoft can scale their platform and and maintain that latency and continue to pull viewers and slowly like build their platform and have all those features that Twitch doesn't have 
All it would take, in my opinion, is Twitch making one or two drastic mistakes for a whole shit ton of people to just switch. Because it happened with YouTube, right? Like, it, it, it only yeah. takes a few bad decisions. Like, how many people from YouTube are streamers now? Like, we've seen a huge a exodus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm curious to see if if oh plus my other thing that is interesting in my opinion about Mixer is because it's got Microsoft behind it. Microsoft has no problem greasing pockets. If they want some tournament to be exclusively on Mixer, they could probably you know money talks. They could They're probably doing that, actually yeah that's what yeah, I'm saying. I, I had just watched the uh, the Darwin Project. They did a they did a whole tournament. And all the all the players they had were people that streamed on Twitch, right? So I'm mm-hmm. I, I mean it's something to think about. It's something to be aware of that uh, there's money back in it, and uh, I think you know Microsoft's really going to do whatever they can to make it successful. So we'll yeah, see. I've, I've actually had a conversation with uh, with somebody else about what they would really need to do, and it's like you said with money and putting that money in certain spots. Um, bigger streamers. You need. You would need to pull those audiences with bigger streamers that are already established on Twitch, right? Uh, which has happened. Like, I'm not going to name anybody, but like, there's there's been big recognizable streamers with uh, huge followings. They're switching o- over to Mixer, and they're like, yeah, you know, I think I've done everything I need to do on Twitch. You know, I kind of reached my peak or whatever they say about it, and they go to Mixer, and you know. It's like that's that's what you would need to do. Like, there's no way that they're like they're not just going from Twitch to Mixer when they already have a huge base and everything like that. And bringing up the point that when you when you switch platforms, you're going from Twitch to Mixer. Everything's going to take a dip. Like, you're going to take a oh, huge yeah. hit. You know? And there's no way you would make that transition unless there was like money involved. There would yeah, have like to be some, some legit. Guarantee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I I'd like to give people the benefit of the doubt. But there's just no fucking reason why you would do it. You know, there's no reason why someone would leave uh, already having, you know, what everybody dreams to have, like an establishment, financial stability, an audience, you know, and you're on a platform. What would get you to switch to a newer platform like where you om- you pretty much have to start from scratch, just bring whatever audience will follow you over there? Mm-hmm. You know, Mixer would have to pay you, you know, and, and like they would have to pay you know, like big streamers and, and, and ask for them to come over probably like an annual salary uh, of maybe one or however long, like to get them to come over. And that's how you bring your audience and establish your viewer base. And then when those people start telling their friends and then it just kind of goes viral, more people are talking about it and they switch over. So it's just like you said with tournaments, but just with streamers, you know? Yep. Yeah. Like a good example that I know of is watch any streamer that plays one game and then look at their numbers when they do a sponsored game. Because the mm-hmm. ones that stick around, those are the ones that are there for the streamer's personality. Because usually, those the number of viewers they have drops like 80% a lot of the time yep. for a lot mm-hmm. of those guys. So their niche, they can't really leave because the people that are there for them instead of the game they play is just way smaller. And it's going to be even smaller when they switch to a newer platform. Right. And the other thing to also take note of is that when with those people that are there after those other people aren't there, when he's, when they're playing something different, a lot of those people are also there just because they are big. If they if they kept on not playing their their game that people expected them to play, a lot of those people start to trickle off, too. They're like, 
you know they're used to seeing this person with you know a couple thousand you know and then they only have a couple hundred and then you know from a couple hundred it's like a hundred something and it's like 80 and it's like 60 and it's like 40 next thing you know nobody gives a shit yeah you know it's like you know, you know for some people they'll never lose their audience that severely but that's essentially how it works like even then when they do that one game that's not what they normally play that's still it can still get so much lower right than that one time you know I wanted to bring up something Lost Loves Game said. He said, Darkness429 went from Twitch to Facebook, I assume with a contract, but gained his 150K followers back in less than a year as opposed to four years on Twitch, and his viewership went up maybe 250%. The difference between Facebook and Mixer is Facebook is not exclusively a streaming platform. There's so many... There's so many people that are on Facebook already for other reasons, so it's really easy and convenient for them to say, oh, okay, yeah, I'll watch this, or oh, yeah, I'll follow this. Whereas with Mixer, a lot of people don't even have an account. A lot of people don't even know it exists. Mm-hmm. So that that's a big part of it is like it has to have a user base. Facebook has a much larger user base, even though as a streaming or video platform it's a younger platform it still has a much larger base uh to throw people at yeah it's been around for like 10 to 15 years mixer's been around for like two three mm-hmm. you know it's, it's like it's established that's where i mean your grandmother has a facebook you know it's like everyone's on it already you know it's established right. and then i find that interesting too because i don't go on facebook like that often i go in just to check notifications just because it's how i talk to some people that i don't have their numbers but i don't go to (laughs) facebook and i'm like oh i wonder who's streaming right now on facebook let me go look at the streaming section because honestly i don't even know where to find it i don't yeah I i don't watch streams on facebook it's usually my friend like drunk at a bar or something like that and it's like a blurry camera with lights just you know streaking across the screen and yelling and i'm like yeah, there's a lot more social streaming going on over there. Yeah, uh, not really game oriented. Like I saw my mom and I was like, "Your mother was live like four hours ago," and I was like, "Wait, what? Why?" <laughs> and then she's peddling her her snake oil online. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Facebook that. is huge for <laughs> so the 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 multi level marketing and door to door sales. It all just moved to Facebook. Like that's like the fucking. Hey, dude, I just started selling these candles. You can get in if you buy a packet for $200 and get yeah, it on the my, ground my floor. Yeah, huge on that. Oh, yeah. He's like, all, these essential oils, well, they'll fix everything. Everything. Or the right. wraps. The wraps were another big one. Oh, but, yeah. Buy my mixtape. It's fire. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, have you seen those boot... There's so much bootleg stuff being, being sold on Facebook. It's ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah. uh, I had this idea for a video last year but uh and i i was actually i, I compiled um probably like 50 uh pictures of bootleg dragon ball z t-shirts <laughs> that i found exclusively on facebook and i was gonna make a video where i went through and made commentary for each one but a bunch of stuff came up and then i just never got around to it but it's like they're so stupid it'll be like they'll take like goku's head and like vegeta and they'll put it on like the cover of blood in blood out or like you know they'll make like make it look like Friday, or they'll have like a picture of Goku, and it'll have some, it'll and it'll be him with a cross or something, and they'll make it Christian, or they'll like put him in a basketball jersey or something like that. Oh, or they'll put like Vegeta 
with his kawaii son and put like an American flag behind him. Like, what is this, man? <laughs> like, dude, it's some, there's some wild crap on there. Oh, yeah. there's like, it it's like when it Goku. It wouldn't be on there if it didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sells. Yeah, but they're so bad. They're like so bad, dude. But um, like, this Facebook, man, it's bootleg and normies. So I think what I want to do, I have a couple more things I want to talk about, but I think I want to take a short break if we can. Uh, before we go, though, we have some new faces here. I'm going to throw it out there one more time. During this podcast, we just announced and started a giveaway. If you follow that link there, um, myself and James28 have decided to do a little giveaway to promote our Twitch channels, his YouTube channel, um, the podcast. We're, we're trying to get this going. So please go check it out. All you got to do is give us a follow, uh, hit us up on Twitter and, uh, tell your friends. And there, I think I left it unlimited as far as how many friends you can refer. So you can get extra point. You can get extra entries in the giveaway for every friend that you refer did you also uh, tweet it out? Uh, well, I'm going to probably be tweeting it out on the regular, probably like a daily tweet or whatever. It's going to go for two weeks. So not next week's podcast, but the podcast after that, two weeks from now. I think Lady Navio is using the blender or something. I don't know if you guys can hear that. It's really loud. Oh, vaguely. I thought that might be. <laughs> um, so two weeks. I think it's June. What was the date? June 6th? Yes. Wait. Yeah, I think so. Um, June 6th, uh, podcast, we will announce the winners. You have to be present during the podcast to win. So don't just, don't just enter and forget about it. Set it on your calendar. June 5th. Is it the 5th? 6th. Oh, you put a typo on here. Oh, does it say 5th? All right, I'll fix it. It's the 6th. My bad. Uh, we will announce the winners. Well, it's going to be randomly drawn, uh, from the gleam platform. So there will be a first, second, third place. Uh, first place gets an Amazon gift card. Second place gets a Steam gift card. Third place gets a $10 or less game on Steam. So go enter. And uh, we look forward to seeing who wins. I think Dom and Darko's going to win. I'm going to call it right now. <laughs> He's going to win third place, though. Now, if he does win, it's going to look like it's rigged. <laughs> <laughs> it's not rigged. But if you're not there to claim it, we're going to roll it again. So... <laughs> it could be rigged in that sense. If some rando from the internet enters the giveaway and doesn't show up for the podcast, it's going to miss out. All right, let's take a short break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about... Uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit about crowdfunding, and I also want to talk a little bit about music. I always have a couple things in the music world that I like to talk about because it's an important part of my life. So we'll be Ooh. back in a minute. Oh, by the way, uh, from our first podcast, we had that big discussion about like '90s movies. Uh, I st- I went back and started making a list, and uh, I finally signed up for Rabbit. So that's gonna happen eventually. We're gonna have a, a cheesy '90s movie night. So we'll I'm gonna have to coordinate that. Make sure you're in the Discord if you're interested in that. Uh, oh yeah, so, Rabbit. So let's uh, take a short break, and we'll be back in a few. All right, guys, we're back. Thanks for those who stuck around. Thanks for those who were here at the beginning. Uh, that was cool to have Kitty Cast here hanging out with us. Um, hopefully, 
we can get him back again. And hopefully you guys go check out his stream. Go check out some Bless Online if you're interested uh, in some MMO action. Japanese RP, uh, MMORPG. So I'm, I'm going to switch over here and we'll bring uh, Battle Athlete and James back on. Got a couple more things to talk about and then we'll probably call it a night. Yeah, there. Oh, I got. I, I muted you on my end. There we go. Got it. I'm back. James trolling as usual. <laughs> You're a little low. Oh, there you go. Oh, am I? I? Feel like you're lower on the screen. No, not volume wise. Your head oh, is. Oh, gotcha. <sighs> you got shorter. Yeah. You sl- sit up. Stop slouching, asshole. Sorry, it's so comfortable. Kitty cast seemed like a swell dude. He is a swell dude. He's a nice guy. He's pretty chill. Uh, he's always like very informative. Anytime I have a question, he'll uh, he'll have a nice long answer for me. Give me all the details. So, one thing we were joking about that I kind of wanted to bring up. I had this link I wanted to bring up. Uh, I saved it in my junk here. I thought it was worth talking about. Be a fun discussion, and it is this pair of headphones. This headphones. Co- well, this company that made a promise about headphones. Oh, oh, ad blocker. I'm an asshole. Thanks. Bully hunters. <laughs> is it a bully hunter headset? No, check this out. 3D headphone startup closes up shop after crowdfunding $3.2 million. What? <laughs> Yay, crowdfunding! This is only one of many examples of... Crowdfunding. Uh, the of, best thing that can happen is you get what you paid for. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah, you're going to have to explain this one to me. I haven't heard anything about this. So this is this happens a lot, actually. Uh, so when we talk about crowdfunding, we're talking about Kickstarter, you know, all of those, Indiegogo, all of those platforms where people oh, yeah. can pay to fund a project. Mm-hmm. In their in their uh, user agreement, they make it very clear that you are paying for the potential of a product, and there is no promise that you will actually get what you paid for. You're basically like gambling. Mm-hmm. You're investing in an idea that you really hope comes true, and a lot of yeah. and the problem is a lot of people don't know that. They think because, you know, it's got those different tiers of like, hey, if you pin, if you spend $30, you'll get, you know, five of these XYZs when they come out. But mm-hmm. the, the, it should be if they come out. Because a lot of shit gets kickstarted and a lot of people have walked away with a lot of money without delivering any product. Yep, that's why uh, that's why people are kind of cracking down on exactly what they back. You know, you need some real credentials and like proof of concept, you know, or, and things like that. Or so, it's just going to be a joke, like the mash. Uh, what was that? The potato salad thing. Oh, that that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. and so he got like ten thousand dollars, and then through like a and it's like a small convention where people could come and get potato salad. Yeah, great. yeah. I hold I hold not only the individuals who do these. Uh, accountable. I also hold those platforms accountable for not being clear enough about that. Um, I think Kickstarter could do more to to educate people and to make sure people understand that you're not paying for a product. 
you're not you're, you're not guaranteed anything just because you gave these guys a hundred bucks and they said that they're going to give you something for it. There's there's zero guarantee that that's going to happen. And this is a perfect example. This company here, I mean, we don't have to read the whole thing, but back in 2016, OSIC X hit the ground running with crowdfunding effort to fund it and sell 3D headphone that produces true HRTF 3D positional audio, which we stated, blah, 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 blah. So basically they did a huge Kickstarter, raised millions of dollars, and I think they may have shipped a handful. Yeah, right here. Uh, OSIC X says it did ship some initial units, though not very many. The company produced 250 finalized models, shipping 80 of them to Kickstarter backers who pledged $1,000. That leaves more than 25,000 pre-orders on Kickstarter and Indiegogo combined as unfulfilled. Wow. So, $319 down the, dr- down the drum. So what are these headphones? And I'm exactly? done with Kickstarter. Supposedly, they're supposed to produce like realistic 3D sound or something. Oh, like surround sound headphones, something like that. There's basically they they were saying that they they could provide true positional audio. They were claiming to be like the VR of audio. Oh, like this was the this was the revolutionary audio breakthrough that's going to make VR more immersive type thing. Got you. I find that funny, especially when the real audio files. They spend a lot on their headphones, but they spend even more on the decks. Yeah, so that, that's where it, like it matters. Oh yeah, you're not going to be audio processing itself, right? Yeah, you can have more speakers, but it won't necessarily adjust where the audio is coming from unless you like break down the the actual audio source, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of dumb. But yeah, I so I just you know anyone out there who's still watching, I just would like to public service announcement don't fucking back shit unless you're it's money that you're willing to not i mean if you've got extra money and you want to gamble it and say hey you know what i want to support these guys regardless of whether i actually get anything or not i you know i i want to throw my support in there it's the bizarre yeah i've only backed one project ever and it was uh recently it was for this anime gunsmith cats they're uh like like there, it was like a three OVA thing, and uh, they were putting it on Blu-ray and like cleaning up all the animation and adding extras and all this other stuff. And like that was the only thing I've ever backed. And I'm more than confident that they'll actually deliver. But I mean, when you see projects like this or you know other ones, it's like even when it looks like it's a solid project, I'll be like, no, I'll just I'll just wait. You know? I will say, unless you're familiar with the people behind it and they have proof of work they've done in the past because it can be a truly useful tool. There's been lots of examples where crowdfunding has pretty much, I mean, it completely revitalized the whole click adventure genre. If anyone remembers the whole like telltale games thing, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like was it telltale or was it, uh, well, I think it was telltale. Wasn't it? Weren't they the ones that, uh, what's that game called? Anyway, like that genre was all but dead. Just like the 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 click adventure genre. Uh, no point and click, uh, like yeah, monkey um, crowd sur- uh, funding. Crowd surfing. Crowdfunding saves. Uh, I think it was Telltale. I'll have to look it up. But uh. 
there was one specific game and project that w- it basically proved that people still wanted those games because like in in a world where execs are making a lot of those decisions it can be a good way for people to talk with their wallets right where the, enough people mm-hmm. say yeah i want this type of game to be made a good example in my opinion is uh the game chasm uh that that was a game that was kick fun uh kick funded kick funded nice that the the reason i that popped into my head is because that was a joke that was an idea i had no one steal this idea so you know the onion mm-hmm. like fake news my favorite news source yeah. Uh I I thought it I thought up the idea one day like this is a why this is a couple years ago when Kickstarter and GoFundMe and Indiegogo and all those things started I wanted to start one and this is still an idea that I might actually like <clears throat> I wanted to start one called Kickfunder. <laughs> and it's basically the onion of crowdfunding where you can make up any ridiculously over the top like idea to have crowdfunded but it'll it'll be obvious that it's not real right like it would be satire basically but it would be essentially just fake projects that you could and then but the the catch would be all the money and it, I'd make it very obvious and clear that all the money that anyone actually contributes would just go towards a charity of choice. So, but it would be a fun like way to like just kind of make fun of the whole crowdfunding thing. It, it just I, it was, I was gonna call it Kickfunder, and it was basically gonna be just like people coming up with ridiculously stupid crowdfund ideas. Yeah, that seems like the best way to actually clean up the the legitimate crowdfunding sites as well, because a lot of people. You know, because of that potato salad thing that happened, right. all these like people are like, "Oh, all I got to do is make a dumb Kickstarter of me wanting to make a salad or something." Right, but it, I mean, know? if I did something like that, it would be like charity based, like because it would just be like just for fun, like over the right. top stupid ideas. Like, I, and I was gonna call it Kickfunder. <laughs> well, I mean, you could come up with ridiculous ideas and how convincing you make the project. If somebody laughed, they'd be like, "Ah, oh, that, that was worth the laugh." Here's five bucks, or right? Like, uh, like right off the top of my head, it's like, all right, here's my idea. Crowd, crowdfund this. I- I'm gonna make a 3D printing of uh, of your favorite waifu's ass, and I'm just gonna like put it on there, you know. And then I'll have like really bad Photoshop, like 3D models, and <laughs> just like if you can make the person laugh, they'll probably like throw some money at you. you yeah. Know? It's about the concept and how ridiculous, but still kind of probable it sounds. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a funny idea I had one day. Um, but here, so here's an example. This game, Chasm. At the time that this game came out on Kickstarter, there was not a genre that there is now. So this game claimed to be the first roguelike Metroidvania. That's what their goal. Like they were basically like, we want to make a Metroidvania uh, that's a roguelike. So randomly generated, side-scrolling, Metroid-style, whatever, right? Because this was started in 2014. This was started before Dead Cells existed. This was started before, like, there are games in that genre now. The only other one at the time that I think may have just come out, uh, but it wasn't the style. It was a little bit different because it wasn't a true Metroidvania. was Rogue, uh, Rogue Legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, it was a I good game. It. So Chasm was trying to make a true like Metroidvania roguelike game, and so they did a crowdfunder. They got funded. I think they got one hundred ninety thousand of one hundred fifty thousand. So they they exceeded their goal, but 
They 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 hit their goal in 2014, and it's 2018. The game's been in development for like whoa, like, really? Like four. Well, clearly, they ran away with the money, Jimmy. So. No, 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 no. It's it's about to come out. It's gonna come out this summer. Finally, I've been waiting for this game for so long. And in the meantime, like two or three other Metroidvania roguelikes have come out. So it's like. <laughs> They kind of like, yeah, they kickstarted it and they proved that people want this kind of game, but they've taken so long to finish the game. And part of the reason is they got bought by uh, Sony like halfway through. So, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that would do it. I really and, hate that too. Like when they, when a Kickstarter project gets funded, but then they suddenly, you know, reach out to publishers at the same time. Like you, the whole thing you kickstarted is because you couldn't get a publisher. But then after you get all this money, you work with a publisher. It's like, that kind of bothers me a little bit. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, I think a big thing is that a lot of these Kickstarters underestimate how much money they actually need. Mm-hmm. And that's where some of them fail. Yep. They forget about taxes and all kinds of other stuff and expensive. They just think about how, how much time and what how do much you mean we have, have to buy health care for our employees? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you mean you locked us in a lease for this building for five years? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's business aspect. Yeah, there's a there's hundreds of hidden costs in this stuff. Like you can't just like, and and once the money comes in too, that's when that's when the the true nature of human beings comes out. Because you know you got five friends in a garage who are making a game, and they're like, "Hey, we've got something here. Let's crowdfund it." And then all of a sudden they hit like two hundred two hundred thousand dollars on a crowdfund, and now Bob all of a sudden you know wants his cut. Like you know the, the true nature of human beings comes out once there's actual money on the table, and it's not five friends just having fun making a game. Yeah, because so, then it's kind of like, well, we have the money, let's do this, and like that's what happens when a lot of people come into a lot of money. That's you know they they squander it or they don't spend it wisely, and then. You know, it's kind of like when people win the lottery or something like that. You know, it's like a lot of them end up ruining their lives because they didn't spend it right. You know, they they spend their money like they're a millionaire. Yeah. What what percentage of uh, what percentage of lottery winners like there's a statistic out there somewhere that like some crazy percentage of lottery winners are like almost broke within like five years or whatever. Yeah, because there's a difference between a millionaire and a person having a million dollars. A millionaire has the income to be to to make a million dollars and have it. Another person is someone that just won a million dollars. That's not going to last you forever. Well, yeah. Yeah, And the one thing you have to remember is that rich people didn't get rich by spending their money. Mm-hmm. Like they they hoard, they save they I mean you know like and that that's why how many professional athletes and and rappers and musicians and stuff that like come into all this money and then don't pay their taxes for two years and buy four cars and next thing you know they're bankrupt you know like they don't mm-hmm. they've never learned the money management skills that true wealthy individuals have spent their entire life honing. And they yep. just, you know, blow it all. And I and I think sometimes that happens with Kickstarters. They're like, oh, shit, dude, look at all this money. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it, it, it appeared to be, after a quick Google search, about 70% of lottery winners go broke. Yep, there wow. you go. It's a crazy high statistic. Like, all they have to do is broke. put that in a savings fund that accru- or just invest half of it and live off the other half for the rest of your life but they're like holy shit i'm buying a boat you know like yeah <laughs> like they why don't- not two <laughs> you know this go ham they don't they they get the money but they don't get the years of financial experience that comes with real wealth yeah and that's the problem exactly 
Yeah, the other thing is a lot of those people be lucky to be broke. A lot of them get murdered by like close friends or oh, family yeah. for the money. Yeah, yeah. Well, either murdered or or lied to or taken advantage of. That's what happened. Oh, to, absolutely. I think yeah. it was a uh, MC Hammer. Like when he made all of his millions, like he had his his money management people and his posse or whatever just like drained him. Wow. Like, ba- like really? bad investments and yeah. I yeah, like that. it's it it's happened so many times where all your all of a sudden your friends and family come out of the woodwork or or Bob's got an investment idea or he suddenly got cousins he didn't know about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah money, well, money does fucked exactly up things to people. To Do you guys remember Selena from the nineties? Oh yeah, yep. yeah, that's what happened to her. One of her close friends that was one of her managers or whatever was like stealing money, and when she got caught, she. You know, she killed Selena and then she killed herself. It's like, dude, what the fuck, dude? Money makes people crazy. Yeah, and so I mean, I, you gotta you gotta keep that in mind with Kickstarter too. Your average Joe comes up with a good idea, and like you know, the internet throws a fat stack of money at him, and he's like, uh, what? <laughs> what do mm-hmm. I do now? <laughs> you gotta make that shit last, because then they squander that money without working on the game. Then. When they start to work on the game, they don't have the money to survive while they work on the game. So, oh, I need more money, guys. Yeah, yeah exactly. like I, I remember oh, reading. Yeah. I forgot when I read it, but it was like a lot of these people when they get that money, they they lose the what is it? They lose the interest in actually making the game because they're like, I already cashed out. Why do I got to make a product now? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can make more money off the product if it's good, but. I mean, you hear a lot of bad uh, Kickstarters, you know, but there's actually a lot of good ones that turned out pretty good, like Hover, um, Spark the Electric Jester, uh, Undertale, Shovel Knight. Um, oh, yeah, there's definitely a place for it. I just think there needs to be a little bit more, I don't know if it's regulation or just like better education and better like expectation setting when it comes to what it really is because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a lot of people think they're buying a product like a lot of people yeah. think oh okay i give you 15 dollars and you make a game and give me the game but there's no guarantee whatsoever that you get anything and so personally, I think, uh personally i think they do know and that's kind of the thrill too you're like oh well, throw money in it let's see what happens you know like, some i there's probably a little in column a and a little in column b there's there's yeah. people like us who know hey this looks like a cool project i'll throw 15 bucks at it. i don't give a shit mm-hmm. but there's also like you know people out there who don't really completely understand what crowdfunding is and they're just like oh okay i can pay 15 dollars for this game you know like i cuz it nowhere on this page um like right here, my, my my problem is a lot of the wording right here. When it is released on Windows, things like Which that. Which could be never. Right. And so like that's the problem is like, hey, you'll get a copy of the game when it's released. It should say if. Like being completely honest, like. Yeah, but they're trying to bestow confidence into them. But if you're looking at it from like a. Uh like a uh, law perspective or something like that, they should really be saying if to cover their own ass because that could be a lawsuit. Right. Yeah, that, that leads into the, the second thing that I'm always, that I always worry about with Kickstars is when they start offering like things like as well that's not related to the Kickstarter at all. We're like, we're going to give you merch as well. And it's oh, like... Stickers, t-shirts. Yeah, it's like if you're offering that, that's money that you're now taking out from the money you just got crowdfunded. So now you're... So now... You had a hundred thousand, so now you're gonna spend a portion of that on that merch that you're gonna give back. So now you have less. Mm-hmm. 
like it seems kind of sketchy almost unless they like really know what they're doing but another good example of uh there's this game uh can you actually search it jimmy yeah i think it's on that platform it's called power drive 2000 uh i'm pretty sure it's on there i don't know if the the kickstarter project is still up but let me see if it comes up Megacom, Megacom Games. Power Drive 2000, yeah, I think that's them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, check this out, dude. I saw this, like, maybe two years ago on YouTube, and I was just, like, floored. I was like, dude, this looks sick. Yeah, can we can we actually watch the trailer? Yeah, we can. Uh, Frongo, thanks for being here. Have a good night, man. Yeah, see you later, Frongo. Uh, yeah, let me full screen this. Yeah, yeah. I want y'all. I want y'all to see this and, and get really excited. Did it ever come out? Well, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a surprise, Jimmy. That's the fun part. It's eighties aesthetic. Oh yeah. I love why, why is the eighties aesthetic so damn? I, I thought the world was going to be taken over by like heavy Taiga Industries and like Viacom Mega Corporation and so we got Google and Microsoft <laughs> Coca-Cola Disney Dude there's a game on Steam that came out just now that looks a lot like this Oh yeah there, there's been some rip-offs when this game blew up uh, there was a couple of other games that completely ripped it off that aren't really good at all it's called, uh, There's one called Neon Drive which is its own thing but has similar uh, aesthetic and then there's another one. I forgot the name of it, but it's really, really bad. And that's the ripoff. Yeah, that trailer was sick. Right? And uh, there's actually screenshots. If you scroll down where they showed the different cars, there was like a DeLorean, the Knight Rider car. Um, you know, just like all these other 80s vehicles that you would just be like super into. Yeah, I dig the aesthetic of all of it. Oh, yeah, it's great. And I mean, if you look at it, it looks like a finished product. It just looks like maybe they needed more content. But yeah, they've got shirts. And I mean, look at it. It looks solid, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like when I first saw this, um, I think the project had already closed. And but like that's the kind of game where I'm like, this is convincing. They have footage. You know, it's professional. They got T-shirts. Oh, don't bother looking for it. <laughs> no, I know. I was just saying I, I knew I saw a car game on Steam today. It was Slipstream. Oh yeah, Slipstream is pretty different. It's that's more of an outrunner. Yeah. With, like, All right. But I was actually streaming that yesterday. So anyway, did these guys take the money and run or what? So what it sounds like to me, they went dead. They've been silent for about a year. Last thing they tweeted out was that there was a lawsuit involving one of the cars or something like that. They couldn't talk about it a lot, but as you can see with the '80s aesthetic, I think they got a little too close. Um, to some of the models like with Knight Rider and all the other things and I think they got a cease and desist and they said they were talking to lawyers so I think what they did is from what it seems like after a year plus it's probably been a year and a half now of like dead silence they haven't said anything um, and it is just completely dead now I think they just just didn't do anything with it so I mean, how hard is it to change the car model Dude, I don't know what went on with what they talked with those lawyers. Maybe they just, you know, I have no idea. Like, you can only speculate. But they went dead silent. But they were showing game footage. They actually even showed up in other people's games. Like, there's this uh, finished Steam game, or early access. It's called uh, Super Indie Carts. That is on Steam. 
and they have a bunch of indie games. that one up. Yeah, it's good. It's a fun game, man. I would totally recommend it. Uh, I streamed that one too, dude. Super great. It looks in place just like Mario Kart on Super Nintendo. Oh, the old Super Nintendo Mario Kart. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, fan- I can it's a see fantastic that. game. But you'll you'll notice that they have characters from uh, it stars other indie car uh, or other indie characters. So you've got like Freedom Planet characters, um, ukulele, yeah, like all kinds of them. And um, and one of them in that game is actually the uh, a black '80s Night Rider looking car from Power Drive 2000, which is a game that never came out. Dude, this so should be a like, good Thirsty Thursday game. You should totally play that. And uh, I don't know if they ever added multiplayer or not, but if they did, I would race you. Oh, they yeah, added it has first multiplayer. That's new. Yeah, Is it added- local only? or we'll It was local it. when I played it, but it says um, it had local multiplayer when I played it. But I don't know about online, at least All not right. yet. Yeah, but- it doesn't look like it says so. And it's, it's funny you brought this up because I remember my friend Prototype, who he was, he's been making this, this small, like what's it called Mega Man's like inspired platformer for like three years now just like on the side and I remember he was telling me about how a different indie company that was making an indie fighting game asked him to if they could use his character and he's like my game's not even like a game yet why are you (laughs) my character for something that's not even released what was the name of the the game I forget because it it was like a year that he told me that story because prototypes platformer is like i've only ever played the demo he had and even that he's he sent he sent that to me through discord he doesn't even like have it available to download yeah so it's just kind of weird that this game that looks like it's never gonna come out i mean after a year and a half of complete silence you know it seems pretty much like it's never gonna come out but you also know that when it comes to lawyers and that sort of talk that I mean, that is slow moving. You know, that does usually last about a year or so. Yeah, like, the last update they had said BRB chit-chatting with lawyers. Fun yeah, exactly. times. Yeah, I thought the maybe... The fuck in was- February 2017? <laughs> BRB talking to lawyers. Dude, I told you. I thought maybe. I thought maybe they had posted something since I last checked in. But nope, that's the last thing that was typed whenever I checked in on them too forever ago. Look at this yeah. guy, Martin Menguin. I pledged to more than 60 projects on Kickstarter. The fact that this is the only project in my list that failed to deliver so far gets me so mad. Everything is ticked green except this one asshole. I can't find another word to describe this guy. Any further update? Dude, all, look at all these people. All these people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You go through that comments, man. You'll see a lot of upset people, man. Some of those people dropped some serious cash. Jacob Hagloff, well, fairly passive-aggressive update. When you go to the trouble to do an update that goes to all your backers, yet says so very little, it leaves too much room for assumption. Yeah, people are fucking butthurt. I would be too, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, Kickstarter, like, people, they don't... I mean, some of them know it's a gamble, but some people are, like, gets legitimately upset because they're like, I gave you money and you gave me nothing. It transcends way past disappointment. Because tell me, after watching that trailer, would you not go, oh, yeah. this is fucking shit. Not only are you not getting that awesome fucking product, but you get nothing and negative whatever you invested in the month, like, yep. into the game. And so even looking really, at this really one. fucking bad, you know? Even looking at this, it seemed like such an obtainable goal. Like, the money was outrageous. It was only, like, what, 50000 Canadian? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and they had like the T-shirts. They had the the proof of concept, gameplay footage, 
Uh, I wish I wish they had the uh, car the car selection screen so you can see how close on model they were and what probably caused the lawsuit. Right. You might have to go to YouTube for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it's on their actual project page or not. Yeah, I didn't can see anything about more. car select. They have a list of like Power Drive 2000, Mega Drive. Oh, is that the music? Oh yeah, they had a sick soundtrack that was lined up. Like, look at that, dude. Yeah. Oh, huh. such a damn shame. Yeah. Hey, what's up, BK? I see you in the chat. Sorry. BK, yes, you did miss the discussion about uh, the Steam crackdown, but the VOD will be available immediately after. So once we end this, once we end the podcast, if I do choose to continue streaming tonight, it'll be a, I'll, I'll, I'll restart. So the the uh, the podcast video will be available as soon as we finish up, and we're just about done. Actually, I think um, other than uh, Kickstarter or crowdfunding shit. The only other thing I wanted to talk about is uh is our uh our favorite uh actor slash rapper has announced his uh he's coming out of retirement. Many of you know him as the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh Will Smith. He's decided that he's gonna put all these bitch ass rappers uh in their place no this has got to be a troll no it's a full it's almost a full track i'm not gonna play the whole thing but homie's got bars he he, he can still rap because i mean will smith was not a bad rapper he, he uh his uh he's actually so actually this is a perfect segue because he uh, made the same mistake that all early success rappers make. He actually had a whole video talking about it on his YouTube channel. He made a whole bunch of money off of his first album, and he blew all of his money. In fact, him blowing all of his money is what led him to get the uh, the, the spot on the TV show Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, is that right? I thought before Fresh Prince, he was like he was trying to do like hard gangster rap. No, no, he was he did like he did uh, Ring My Bell, like uh, uh, Parents Just Don't Understand. Like he he had some really like popular rap. Like he was a very pot. He had an he came out with a rap album that was pretty well received. Uh, Actually, hit- you know what? I, I do remember one of those songs you mentioned. So you might, yeah. you Yeah, uh, uh, those are cla- like, you can ring my bell. There's that one. Uh, there's Parents Just, just, parents don't, just don't Understand was a classic that he came out with. I mean, he had some old school, just like solid rap tracks, him and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he blew all his money and he, he admitted it. He just came out of the video. He's like, yeah, you know, like I all this money came in and I just fucking bought cars and didn't pay my taxes and you know like and then and all of a sudden I was broke yeah then I didn't have any money and I had to figure out what to do so I went to this meeting and they're talking about this TV show and you know I auditioned on the spot and they're like you want the job like it was just like crazy the whole story and he ended up that's how he got Fresh Prince of Bel-Air but yeah it's, I bet you it's also a lot of networking as well oh absolutely I mean yeah, he's a charismatic dude I, I think you know he's a type he's, of, he's, he's extremely likable yeah so anyway he's always continued to rap you know there's always those cross promotions with like you know the whole Men in Black he came out with that rap track and then he came back and like there was Miami was a big hit so getting off, jiggy with it getting jiggy with it you know whenever he decides to he just like 
shows up again and he's like, yeah, let me show you guys how this is done. Mm-hmm. So he he recently just like can dropped. You, um, can, can you link me so I can watch it too? I haven't seen this. Yeah. Yeah, I'll drop it in our little uh, Discord sure discussion it. here. Yeah, thanks. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll play a little bit of it. I probably won't play the whole thing because I don't know how many people here are actually interested in Will Smith. But uh, I mean, I grew up listening to some of his stuff, and I always thought he was a pretty talented dude. Um, he gets a, there's like like hints of political stuff in there. He talks about his kids. I think he mentions Jaden on the track. I don't know, but. But it's just it's kind of fun. I it's kind of fun to see him try and make a comeback. Anyway, mm-hmm. I uh I saw Kitty Cast with the host. I guess he finished streaming already. Thanks for anyone who came from Kitty Cast stream. He was here earlier. Make sure you check out the VOD. Um That was a lot of fun. He just actually just DM'd me and said, Thanks again for having me on. I thought it was fun. You've got a super cool setup. Awesome. So hopefully, you know, in the future maybe we'll get Kitty Cast back in here. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, when do, around what time does the song start? Is it about like a minute in? Yeah, he, he talks for a sec there, but like uh, uh, there's like a full blown track. So let me, I'm going to play it on stream too for anyone. Anyway. I'm reading. Re- the beat's really interesting. Yeah, uh, let me know when you're starting the video at because uh, I was going to start it about like one minute and then go from there. So I can hear what it sounds like. I want to be on the same page as you. So I'll start it at fifty-five seconds. Okay, fifty-five. Uh, let me pause my background music here. I hate having dead air, so I usually have background music during the podcast. Oh, good. I was gonna say, like, because I didn't know you were actually having background music, and I was like, yeah, I, I keep it nice and low, you know, like I just kind of there, but it's I just I hate silence. It drives me oh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Man, yeah. I just heard that first verse, and it hits you hard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Will Smith. I like he's he's right. talented man. So uh, I gotta, I I'm at 55 him. seconds and we'll do one, two, three, go. Yep. I'm ready. One, two, three, go. Uh. It's 20 years of swag y'all just witnessed. Let me remind everybody who Will Smith is. Rappers make it rain. Let their money hit you if I throw my money up. Shit, I probably kill a stripper. The illest, <laughs> realest, big Willis. Down with the man in charge of with Uncle Phyllis. Everybody oh. wanna do Will Smith numbers. I don't know if your life got that many summers. I got inspired quickly. I unretired. The French French just rewired and slightly to modern fire. But still, people dancing and shaking and moving and wilding. It feel like I'm an alien, really. Kind of an island. I might fly to China for nothing. Find a designer. A picture in my crib with me, my mom, and Obama. Murder all over the globe. Guilty, Your Honor. I'ma become a Mormon. Marion, Hallie, Rihanna. I'm an anomaly. Do drama. Or comedy, I could play Muhammad Ali over a white lady, probably still. Here's <laughs> a swag you'll just witness. Stop the divorce rumors and mind your damn business. Yeah. For the click track, ridiculous. What I charge for a feature, man, that's expensive. Cause y'all be doing features, I be doing features. So many tickets to theater need bleachers. More information for me than for most teachers. More inspiration for me than for most preachers. But wait, 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 truly. Just for the record, directors make movies. I make directors. Y'all dinner no. table, what y'all today. My dinner table, what y'all earn today. The real life incredibles. Last name Smith. Jada, Jaden, Willow, Trace. Tell him with my friend. Oh, get shit on. <laughs> yeah, cut that. I know, yeah. Cut that's a, what? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> 
new music coming soon, right? That was sick, dude. Yeah. Okay, that was sick as fuck. Yeah, that, like, I just realized how much material he has over all the movies, dude. Right? Got, like, Pursuit of Happiness references and shit in his fucking raps. Like, he's got so much material. Right? And, and yeah, dude, I love how he took a dig at his own son, because his son makes some whack-ass shit. <laughs> Look, Jaden is just on a whole different like plane of existence. Oh, fucking Jaden's a, a walking, living meme. Plus, oh. like the fact that he was rapping over a beat that that. So, for any musical people, like if you notice, that was a swung beat. That's not as easy to rap over because there's a difference between there's a difference between da 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 and da 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 when you when you move the eighth note over half a beat so like that was a swung beat so like yeah that's what gives it flow you know like that shit like that he's fucking talented he always has been there's a reason the dude like is still killing it. Yeah, man, that was that was really sick. When you first told me, I was like, mm, I don't know, I don't know man. Will Smith. Yeah, I mean, like, no, no offense to Will Smith. I mean, I love Will Smith like everybody else does, do. But you kind of like, you know, like I see him being goofy on Twitter and stuff too, man. Because uh, like he retired, didn't he? he kind of retired. Uh, yeah, ish. Yeah, I think he's just kind of like, all right, I'm winding down now. He, he started a YouTube channel, and he's been posting shit on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, in fact, let's see. Will Smith talks about Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, he even kind of jabbed at it, too, where he, in that line. You know, it's been 20 years, but, and then. Here you go. So story <laughs> wait, time. Well, I was getting in trouble wait, wait, wait. Meshi says. His son is so annoying, though. Have you seen the Left 4 Dead mod that replaces all the Survivor graffiti with Jaden tweet? <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. That would be like the safe room, the the safe room you go into instead of it saying like all that zombie stuff. Like, oh, they're here. It's probably like a really deep Jaden meme tweet. Yeah. That's so great. yeah, uh, How the can zombies be real if her eyes aren't real. <laughs> So watch this video. I'm not going to play it, but it's called How I Became the Prince of Bel-Air Storytime. It's on Will Smith's channel. This is the one where he talks about like how he made it, like his first rap album came out and he blew all his money and like the whole like journey from like basically being a successful rap artist yeah, to losing it, it all. Yeah, in the chat and uh, yeah. in the stream chat too. That way they can yeah. check it out too. And then like how he... Uh, so I mean, I got a lot of respect for the guy. Like he... He made some really shitty decisions and he bounced back and now he's made an empire. Like the dude can't be fucked with and it's true. You know, like mm. what, love him or hate him, love his kids or hate his kids, like you can't you can't deny the level of success the dude's had. He has a huge control over his like emotions and stuff like that. Like the only team the only time I've seen him lash out at somebody, like in a public place, which uh, you know, that's really hard to do was when he was on the red carpet or something like that. And some reporter or some, some random person came up and like kissed him on the lips or something like that. And he was like, what the hell? And he like slapped him in the face, but then he like, you know, shook his hand and made it look like it was playful or something like that. I'm pretty sure anybody else would have popped him in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I forget exactly what happened. I haven't seen the clip in a long time, but just the idea that he has like such a control over like you know 
like how he is and acts around people man that shit's not easy yeah i don't like yeah no it's respectable and like a lot of people don't realize this but he made a career most of his rap is clean like he made it a point like for most of his career he didn't cuss at all Mm -hmm. yeah that's actually really impressive because a lot of rappers use like the like use like words like shit or fuck or, or the n-word or yeah as filler to get yeah. to the end point which is really lazy you know it's like to actually fill that with meaningful words and actually have i mean we've gotten so much worse than that we got mumble rap now yeah mumble rap man <laughs> what was that one guy where he's just like literally just which saying i'm also words? excited eminem's also uh kind of making a bit of a comeback he just released a new track recently whoa wait, wait battle athlete are you saying Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang is not the greatest lyrical masterpiece of our time. <laughs> is that the one where he literally is like, he's like pickles, weasels. This is my belt. This is the, these are the peoples. You know, is he just like yeah. literally putting words together? Yeah. That that, that along with uh, like forty Gucci Gangs every thirty seconds. God, that. That's not. That's not even funny. It's just sad, you know. At least with that other guy, where he's like, pop, 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 pop. that shit is just funny. It's like he's just having a good time, throwing out gibberish. Poop, poopity scoop, scoopity yeah. poop, 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 no, I mean, it, honestly, like, it's kind of exciting what's going on because uh, Will Smith's coming out of retirement. You got Eminem making new shit. Uh, he, in fact, in Eminem's latest track, he takes a direct dig at mumble rappers. He, oh, did a, good. he did a collaboration track recently. And he had one of the most creative lines. I got to hear, I got to read these lyrics. Uh, probably going to call it a night soon, but I got, I'm going to pull up some lyrics. I typed them out because they weren't, they, no one, no one. None of the lyrics site had the lyrics for this song yet. It was like the day it came out. So I typed up this verse just because it was so fucking ridiculous. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, Hold on one sec. I typed it up and sent it to a friend. All right. So check this out. I'm, I'm just going to read it. I can't rap, but this is off of the latest collaboration track that Eminem did. Okay. So it says number one, but my pencils are number twos, cause that's all that I do's with them. Poop is my pseudonym. On the John, like a prostitute, when I'm dropping a deuce, and when I'm producing them lyrics, bowel movements. These beats are my saloons, cause these bars all got my stool in them. <laughs> like there's so many like puns in just those lines, and then he says, "I don't need Metamucil." I don't need Metamucil to loosen them. Bitch is real like I poop Jerusalem. Like, <laughs> like he makes a, a reference to pencils being number twos because that's all that he does with them. Poop is my pseudonym. Uh, dropping a deuce, producing them lyrical bowel movements. These beat. This is the best line. These beats are my stools because these bars all got... Or, sorry, these beats are my saloons because these bars all got my stool in them. <laughs> like, there's like so many double meanings just in those lines. So, like, I don't know. Will Smith making a comeback. Uh, 
Eminem making a comeback, and on top of that, it's been like four years. Tenacious D making a comeback. They just announced no, a new album. Um, yeah, they just announced it. They came out with a video. We talked about it on one of the previous podcasts. They're uh, they're finally going to release a new album, and they're going to tour the album. So, like, I feel like it's. I feel like it's 2013 or 2014, like all over again. Like all this, like I don't know. I'm I'm really excited. Nice to get some decent. It'll be nice to get some decent rap, like back in the industry instead of like a lot of the garbage that's been, you know, coming out. A lot of the popular stuff is trash. I mean, there's still some really good like underground stuff, but a lot of the mainstream stuff has just been really disappointing. Yeah, a lot of mainstream music is like repetitive, bad pop music or really, really terrible rap, just rapping about having bitches and money or some shit like that drinking lean yeah just garbage you know like it, like uh, like the good rap is the one where they're rapping about like real shit and like real life experiences and stuff whether it's good or bad but when you just rap about generically having money it's like who the fuck cares it's like yeah i just got a lot of money i got bitches i got cars you're like cool rap about that for the 500th time that's cool you know like that's what you like about like Eminem or like old school like '90s rap is because they rap about like real shit, you know. So I find it like way more interesting and entertaining to listen to, you know. All right, guys. Well, I think I think we did a thing. It's all. It's we're at we're about at the three hour mark. This has been an awesome discussion. Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, yeah, it was fun as always. So uh, one I more time before we go. One. Oh, sorry, James. What was that? I said I say, even though it's only the third one. <laughs> <laughs> this is podcast number three. They're only going to get better. Um, we had a little technical difficulties with the transition from four to three people. In the future, I'm going to have separate scene collection. I have a scene collection for two and for four. I didn't make the one for three because it was kind of last minute. But usually that will be a much smoother transition if someone drops out of the podcast. So we're, we're almost there. Lost has given me one more final cut for the overlay stuff. So it's almost right where I want it to be. We're, we're in the growing and learning phase of the podcast. So these first five or ten episodes are probably going to be a lot of like perfecting and tweaking and kind of continuing to make this the best experience that we can. But I wanted to do it live. Like I want I didn't like part of this is the fun part of it's just kind of like seeing the the improvements happen in real time over time so it's kind of a learning experience for everyone the first episode we spent like the first half of the episode just setting up overlays <laughs> so, yeah you know it's just kind of like it but that's fun to me i don't know that's part of the process i want to share that with time. everyone yeah mm-hmm. yeah I agree. um so before we go one last time i will mention to promote the podcast and uh what what I'm trying to do, what James is trying to do, we're, we we started a giveaway. First place is a $50 Amazon gift card. Second place is a Steam gift card for $50. Third place is a $10 or less Steam game. It's real easy. All you got to do is follow me, follow James, uh, sub him on Facebook, check out my Discord, hit up our Twitters, and tell all your friends. And that's all you got to do. And for all each one of those things, you're you're you get one entry into the giveaway so the more you do the more entries you get two weeks from today we will announce the winner on stream during the podcast you have to be there to claim uh 
your prize. If you are not there when your name is announced, we'll give you five minutes. Otherwise, we're going to re-roll oh, it. Oh, they have to be there for the cast? Yes. Oh, okay. We are going to is that, announce is that listed it. listed on there? Yes. It is in big red bold writing on the giveaway. It says you must be present to claim your prize. Otherwise, ah. we will re-roll it for the next person in line. Good call. Good call. So Yeah, we don't want people like signing up for it and then just never show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, they won, but we have no idea who they are. Yeah, well, yeah. That, yeah, that's a good idea. We want to get to know you. So please hang out, get to know us, uh, sign up for the giveaway, and you got two weeks to tell all your friends. I'll probably be tweeting it out every once in a while to remind everyone. But thanks, guys. It's been a great podcast for those who stuck around. And uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, with some new guests, some new content, some new topics. It'll be after E3. Oh, by the way, uh, shout out to Team DLC. We are planning some DLC group viewing stuff. They're going to be restreaming a lot of the E3 events. I think uh, um, Ring of Favor is going to be restreaming the Sony event. So we're all going to meet up in his chat. We're all going to just kind of party out and talk about it and watch it in real time. I think uh, Sammy and Pete, uh, there were, we're all a few of us members of the DLC team are going to be restreaming various uh of uh, E3 events, so come hang out with us. One one team member or another is probably going to be showing something with E3, and we'll we'll talk shit in real time. It'll be fun. <laughs> Praise it for it must be praised. Yeah, I can't wait for Favor to come back to his regular streaming. Hopefully, his throat fully recovers because we need more. We we need more of that Favor energy. All right, guys, have a good night, and uh, thank you all for being here, and we'll be back next Wednesday for another podcast. Bye. Bye.